What is up, WrestleLore fans? This is Devo here, and it's 2020, but it's also Royal Rumble season, which is why today we are bringing you our review of one of the best Royal Rumbles of all time, Royal Rumble 1992. So sit back and listen to Ethan, myself, and our returning guest, Wade McFarlane, local comedian and former pro wrestler, as we talk about one of the greatest Royal Rumbles of all time. Please follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. A TikTok is coming soon at WrestleLore and WrestleLore Pod. Now sit back and relax and listen to us discuss Royal Rumble 1992. Uh. Come what is up, WrestleLore fans? This is Devo, and I am joined today. He's the Mr. Perfect to my 16-time world champion, Ric Flair, mm-hmm. Ethan Sandoval. I will never be appreciated. <laughs> and and we're joined by the Bobby Heenan to our duo. Yeah, he's a brain. It's our... What? He's uh, a brain. I don't know if I'm deserving of such a... Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're joined by Wade McFarlane is back on the show. Hey, everybody. So, so yeah. How's it going, Wade? How you doing? Oh, man. Uh, I'm doing great. I, uh, you know, stayed up all night watching some three hours of some 1992 wrestling there. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, <laughs> it's always uh, it's always a treat to see how the sport has evolved. Right? Yeah, and like, then 92 and just in that uh, in between era, th- there were some things going great that were just like leftovers of the 80s, and there's some things that hadn't started yet of like the Attitude Era. It's just a real pit, you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So today we are talking, we, ha- we kind of have a series uh, here, and uh, we call them Best and Worst, and we are, this should be dropping uh, the Monday before the 2020 Royal Rumble, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so today we are doing uh, what is by many accounts considered to be one of the more, at least iconic, if not, uh, maybe not wrestling-wise, but uh, it's definitely... From what I've heard, the, yeah. everything I hear is like, the if amount- you're... If you're a post Attitude Era fan, or if you're an Attitude Era fan, or later, yeah. 2001's the greatest rumble of all time. Yeah. If you're an 80s, 90s guy, 92's the best. The 1992 Royal Rumble, January 19th, from the Knickerbocker Arena in Albany, New York, with 17,000 in attendance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it was one of the best uh, for as terms of like the people involved. The star yeah. power is there. Yeah, like I was uh, to put like my wrestling is probably like ninety six to like two thousand two, and then two thousand ten to about yeah. current are my main knowledgeable areas. But this was ninety two falling really out of that window, and I think I knew everybody in there except for five seconds. I didn't know who Colonel Mustafa was oh, until yeah. I was like, oh, that is Iron Sheik. I thought yeah. Iron Sheik was his manager. Then he gets in the ring. I'm like, oh wait, they just renamed. Yeah, it's Colonel Mustafa and General Adnan. That's the spillover from the whole Sergeant, Sergeant Slaughter I going it up, yeah, yeah. heel, like uh, doing that stuff. But yeah, this is uh, one. It was weird. Uh, I, I initially, when I saw Knickerbocker Arena, I was like, "Oh, this is must be where the Knicks play." Nope, it's Albany, Albany. New York. It's the capital of New York, not New York City. Uh, and boy, this starts off with Vince just going hot on oh, this yeah. intro. <laughs> 
Yeah. He's really starting to flex with that announcer voice oh, at this point. Yeah, like he's, he's in his like, I can do no wrong. Take yeah. it to eleven. I'm writing movies in my hotel room doing coke. Yeah. yeah. Now we, I think we've talked about some Royal Rumble stuff here before, but let's just uh, lay it yeah, out. That's what we reviewed last week, right? What's what? that? We reviewed. No oh, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've watched it recently. Sean, yeah. <laughs> Sean Singleton and Zach Amen from Getting Greasy, along with Ethan and myself, oh, nice. did uh, did the No Holds Barred episode. Mm-hmm. But just for you guys that may or may not know, I don't know who would know what a Royal Rumble match is. But if you don't know, the Royal Rumble match is a WWE creation. It's basically. Wait a minute. Are you saying you didn't? Oh, you didn't know. <laughs> oh, you didn't know. No. <laughs> well, your ass better call Devo because he's going to tell you what uh, the Royal Rumble match is right now. It's basically. Uh, every and in this case, every two minutes, mm-hmm. someone comes down. Right, mm-hmm. every two minutes instead of ninety seconds. The modern version is ninety seconds. Yeah. Uh, and actually, that's bullshit. It's it's. I timed it, it today. These were two minute entrances. Well, really? No, 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 no. Yeah, back when it was the two minutes, it was mm-hmm. real. Yeah. Nowadays, it's like. All right, when's the next spot? That's when they'll come. Yeah. People in the production truck are making the calls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But every two minutes, a new wrestler comes down. It starts off with two until uh, throughout the history of the event, it's either been 20, 30, or 40. Mm-hmm. It mostly 30. Through 30. The- only two years. Only One year it was 20, and one year it was 40. 40, yeah. And uh, so now I want to ask you guys this off the top. This is uh, different than modern rumbles in that we are we know off the top because Vince comes in, we know everyone that's going to be in this rumble. Yeah. Like, yeah. Which is completely different than modern rumbles. Although there is some rumbling that the one, eh, the one that's coming up this <laughs> week uh, is going to have 10 NXT, 10 SmackDown. I hate that. 10, yeah. I know. They did that a few years ago when it was the Undertaker-Goldberg uh, rivalry, but it, and it was like by the time the match started, we knew 27 of the 30. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. oh, you're eliminating my you know surprise element. Yeah. yeah. And so I don't know when... That, that is my most hated thing. Yeah. My most hated thing is when uh, number 30 is out next, and then the announcer's like, well, we know who this yes. is. Yes. And in this case, it's like, a real... Go fuck yourself! Yeah. And in this case, it's a real dud that we get <laughs> at number 30. There's been a couple... When, like, when it was my like peak fandom in like the early 2010s where like I would watch with papers mm-hmm. out yeah. and like you know like know the names I'm known in like cross them off as they go so when I get there mm-hmm. yeah uh, but yeah so Vince comes in hot he introduces everyone in the Royal Rumble, Rumble uh, and uh, we are going to get off the top here uh, like they lay out everybody that's going to be in and we do have a couple moments in this I didn't know this but the WWE Network version is the Coliseum home video. It is. Yeah, yeah. I, know, I picked is. up on that too. I was like, yeah. they have been shilling since day one because it sounds just like the to, WWE to, Network. To, to, jump, the, to yeah. jump ahead, and I remember the Coliseum home video stuff, yeah. but to jump ahead, like Heenan throughout is not going to know that Ric Flair is number three. Mm-hmm. And for the home video, it's spoiled for everybody because yeah. they do a Lord Alfred Hayes thing. Mm-hmm. like for the, And it's like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> like, why would you do that? To uh-huh. That happens. And then... Um, else was it uh uh i know for a fact that the coliseum home video version had vince doing the rundown but the vhs version Mm -hmm. um or one of the other versions had mean gene doing it okay so they for some reason mean gene does it on one and vince does it on the other i'm going to assume that there's probably like uh it's probably got something to do with royalties Mm -hmm. on that and where the coliseum home version i bet is like vince's 
since it's they're putting it out and then maybe it's a distribution network for like the ones that you would rent in like the because this is like in my era I would have to wait until this came out on VHS and you go, go rent, down yeah. to the you know whatever I wasn't buying these on Coliseum Home Video you know I was I was going down to the Blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, showbiz movie rental or whatever. Hollywood movies. That, that, I, this was, those didn't even exist. Wow. This was like Rastings. value movie at the yeah. warehouse market, you know. <laughs> but uh, we, we get off the top uh, a little bit of a look of the Mountie, who is a uh, the new intercontinental champion. And I remember this storyline like the fever clear the, as day. The, mm-hmm. the fever, losing it at a house show. And it kind of, I don't know. Do you know why this occurred? Why Brett yes. dropped the belt here? I know exactly. Oh, why. I had a theory. I didn't know you knew. Okay, for well, sure. you give us your theory, and then yeah. you do this. Go ahead. Oh, my theory was just to make it a face-to-face champion without a Mountie just being the heel transfer. So, yes and no. So, uh, so there's the real answer is that it, the real answer is they needed Piper to have the belt. Um, so they could do without having face to fight face. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, well, that's because that's what they do at at. Um, they do that in Mania. Yeah. They do the passing of the torch with Piper and Brett. Well, with this one, the the rumor for years was that it was because Brett had verbally agreed to a contract with WCW around this time, oh, yeah. which was true. But he had agreed to a contract verbally with WCW, but that they had planned this months in advance. <laughs> they had planned to have Brett drop the belt to the Mountie yeah. months previously. So there's not like any big backstory. And then what's very funny about uh, Brett dropping or or saying he was going to go to WCW and then not going is WCW the week before was like, we've got a huge announcement coming. Oh, we've got a big thing coming. And then it's Brett that. had to back out because his contract didn't expire when WCW thought it was and they were like Jesse Ventura's joining commentary <laughs> it was that in three years from now we're gonna have the Yeti <laughs> <laughs> we gotta read contracts before we make announcements so we yeah. <laughs> uh, we get we get some rundowns we get Heenan you know look Gorilla Monsoon and, and Heenan on comment this, this is like class I mean it's yeah. Like, yeah. like I don't know that it gets better no. I, I don't. I don't. Oh, know. really? I, I've always been a Jr. Uh, King guy myself. See, I think J. I think if the, King's heel, then it's good. yeah, yeah. If King's heel and J, you know, and there's no women involved, then I really, then I yeah, like, that's, that, that's. I think yeah. that's maybe or the problem. Or his son, yeah. No, yeah, his son can't be involved either because like, so, yeah. yeah, the King would get. Well, the King was just like catchphrase after catchphrase. Yeah, he's got the joke book right, yeah. right there. <laughs> and it's, it's sort of like na- like it's like now these guys are all like catchphrases and stuff like that and. Heenan, while his had his running shtick, and we get it here. My favorite thing again. I remember this clear as day. The fair to flare. Oh, it's not fair to flare. Like this was just running dialogue. Non, through. Yeah. So uh, we should probably tell people uh, Ric Flair is going to be like, you know, the the run through the the, the through line here. Heenan's representing Ric Flair, who who for the last like year has been proclaiming himself the real. Yeah, I think I think they said champion. I think they said four months at yeah. this point, and he comes to WWE WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. I love it when you do old ones. I can say WWF, yeah. but he's going to come to WWF because isn't this where uh, who's in charge of WCW oh, at the time? Jim Hurd. And he wants Flair to change gimmicks. He wants so? Flair to be Spartacus. He yeah. wants Flair to do a gimmick where he plays a Roman gladiator. 
Yeah. And so Flair says, Why would you mess with And Flair went, Go fuck yourself. And then Flair, Bye. and then Flair, because of some like deposit on the belt or something, he owned the big WCW <laughs> belt. Yeah. Like the, and so he brings it to WWF, and it's like shocking moment. He's on screen with it and everything. And that's when uh, WCW introduces that short lived world championship belt yeah. that they had that like Vader would get. And I think it's the one that Ron Simmons wins mm-hmm. as well in WCW. Uh. Like, um, but yeah, we get we get flair to, fair to flair, and then we go to our we're getting ready for our first match, and we get God bless the Fink. Oh. Howard Finkel is so good as a oh, ring yeah. announcer. He's got all the right. Look, infle- a little boy here. Yeah, he's got all the right inflection. It's so mm-hmm. so good. And uh, our first match off the top is the Orient Express versus the New Foundation. Mm-hmm. And this I, I did the tally as we went through. Mm-hmm. These are two men that are alive versus two men that are dead. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, but the Orient Express managed both. by a dead guy. <laughs> That's true. Well yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, the Orient Express are Kato and Tanaka. Yeah. Uh, Kato and they're managed by Mr. Fuji. Yep. No one on this team is from the Orient. No. Uh, Kato is Paul Diamond. AKA later, do you know who Paul Diamond would play? I know who what it is. What horrible, I'm... horrible 90s wrestler he would play that was short lived? I don't know what else on my head, but. Max Moon. Oh, that's Max right. Moon. Who, if Moon. you don't know who Max Moon is, go look up a picture of him. He had like little, like. Sweet cotton. He's the most action figure wrestler. Oh, yeah. He was, was like a Mega Man been. arm thing going on. He was like, yeah. he, he was straight out of like the G.I. Joe Space Force, <laughs> basically. Wasn't there multiple Ooh. Max Moons? Wasn't there? Uh, uh, like a, Conan like a, was supposed yeah, Conan to be Max. Conan and Kane, I think, were Max Moon at yeah. one point. Yeah. He makes Aldo Montoya's costume look. Uh, yeah. Look, look good, uh, but and he is played by Paul Diamond, who is Croatian. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with the Orient. Oh wow, not even in yeah. No, nope. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and t- that's why he wears a mask. And, and that region could use some, you know, the Balkans yeah, could yeah. use some representation. <laughs> yeah. and, and, <laughs> and then Tanaka <laughs> is Pat Tanaka, who is just like Mr. Fuji, Hawaiian. Hawaiian. <laughs> they are Hawaiian. Uh, they are born in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are, you know, uh, I think Tanaka like. Mr. Fuji, I think, has got Japanese descent, maybe. Mm, yeah. But, like, Tanaka does not. Yeah. Like, no, Tanaka is a full-blown Hawaiian, so good old Vince, <laughs> you know. And this is why uh, Kato wears a mask, because mm-hmm. obviously if he didn't wear a mask, <laughs> you would just see a Croat in there <laughs> fighting. So, yeah. uh, But they are going against the new foundation, yep. which is Jim the Anvil Nightheart mm-hmm. and the Rocket Owen, Owen Hart. Hart. Now... I, looking, <laughs> looking like the screensaver from a 1992 computer. Yeah, they, <laughs> these, these guys are wearing some outfits. Now, I do want to play something here. Mm-hmm. This is the when the new foundation theme hit. I was like, "That's a fucking banger!" Oh, it's like, a great uh, theme. Here we go. The theme's so good. It's a Jim Johnston classic. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, this song sucks. It, it slaps. Oh yeah, it's so. Ethan's good. doing the air guitar right now, yeah. and like, I know the Anvil did that too. Yeah, like you know, oh, you know, oh, yeah. Anvil like totally air strummed. Oh yeah, he was uh, like, "That's good. That's classic." Yeah. yeah, I just that just stood out to me. Like, I just I just oh, love that theme. Oh, it's such a good fucking theme. Um, I hope Jim Johnson is one of the the richest people in the world because seriously, he just cranked out so many for like 30 years. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, he, well, speaking of No Holds Barred, he did the entire soundtrack to No Holds Barred. Yeah. And like, you listen to everything in there and it just sounds like 80s wrestlers themes, basically. Uh, So, 
this match, uh, I just, you know, I, I, there's a few things we could talk about these, these early matches here. Uh, and this, Oh, but, but that theme I should say is one that will be used by another tag team. It was used by the heavenly bodies for yeah. a while. Which was uh, I can't remember who made up the Heavenly Bodies, but they were a lot like the Beverly Brothers. They were basically the same concept as the Beverly Brothers, who will show up a little bit later. So, guys, you have any highlights from this match? That you like? I had a few, but if you guys, Owen Hart's think... fucking great. Yeah, I had the same thing. Like, and just like looking back at the class, I've you know, been through uh, wrestling training and things like that. The way like he does like the international spot, like so crisp yeah. with like barely even calling it, and like his chain wrestling. I think you know it starts with like a gradual chain wrestle, but then he like it breaks it down in like the middle of a match too, and it's still exciting. Yeah, like they don't. I don't think they even chain wrestle at all anymore. Like you, nowadays, you and know, the, and he's doing it in the middle of a match, and it's still like really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think the most chain wrestling you're going to see is going to be on AEW. They they they've done some chain wrestling. They stick with the classics. Late, yeah. some, I mean, they stick with a little bit of everything on yeah. there. I and I. Uh, um, you're, well, we can take a little aside here. Recently, and this is going to be a month old or some more, but Chris Jericho was calling out uh, like the Lucha Bros in AEW because yeah. they weren't tagging, yeah. and he was like, "It's just lazy." Like, and it makes the referees look stupid and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Everybody was giving Chris Jericho shit." I was like, "No, he's right. Like, yeah. follow the fucking basic rules of the yeah. match. You know, like, like do it." But yeah, you're right. Owen Hart just. Does so much in here, so crisp and just so his immaculate. His run, he gets Irish whipped into the turnbuckle at one point, and this oh. is not, it's not the one with the cane. No, no, no. I know which one you're talking it, about. It, where it he takes does it, he does the Brett bump. Yeah, he does it straight to the chest. Oh, it's so he does it so well. Like it's it he just, does it better than Brett has oh, yeah. ever done it. I looked at that and I was like, oh my god, I would be like fucking dead yeah, <laughs> if yeah. I took that bump that yeah. way. Like he is so good, and like he the way he just like out of nowhere because. The Owen I know is I don't know Owen as that flippy, you know? Yeah. Because yeah. like I know Owen from feuding with Brett. Yeah. You know, that's that's my Where he was more brawler more brawler, yeah. map based kind of wrestling. Well grudge match. But when he fucking does the leap onto the rope, then does an acai bounce to mm-hmm. do a backflip, and you're like, What the fuck? Well, well, <laughs> He's yeah, that's in his rocket mode. Yeah. Well, I think we were talking about this uh a little bit before and it, maybe before we started the show, but I wrote down here the 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 devaluation of wrestling moves over time is astounding. Yeah. Because when Jim Neidhart throws Owen into a suicide dive, mm-hmm. like the crowd is just like, "Holy shit! What did we just see?" And, oh, he gets a fucking shit ton of speed from it. Too. And now we're just like, suicide dive. Yeah, we're gonna see yeah. like four suicide dives in this match. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Like. It's just like the total devaluation of those moves, and I get it. I'm not. I'm not like a curmudgeon like Cornette or anything like that. Yeah. That's like saying like, oh, you can't do like 90 super kicks in a match or whatever. But it's good to go back and like appreciate the classics yeah. the way they did. Then, to- like, I made the same note of like the biggest crowd pop of that match was like a drop kick into a hot tag, which is oh, done yeah. every match now. But oh, the, like, the the double single leg. He yeah, did. and then he like the the crawl back for the hot tag. Like that had everybody like ready to you know yeah. blow the roof off, and that's like you don't see that anymore off a hot tag it's you yeah. see the hot tag guns like we well, you know where this is going there was only yeah. one thing about this match that i hated what was it and it's it's i it's not even this match it's yeah, just it. i hate i fucking hate the rocket launcher oh it makes <laughs> yeah. no sense i 
I I kind of like the I, concept. If <laughs> I think the problem with the rock- if the anvil wasn't four foot two. <laughs> okay, I think I think the concept of the rocket launcher would work better mm-hmm. if they made sure the opponent was further across the ring because yeah. then you could like like there's Buffalo would say that there's more it? velocity to yeah. it because he's further away. Or like he did like he did it into a spear. Like yeah. A diving oh yeah. Spear. That, yeah. That would be that I would be okay with, but. You're not adding height. You're yeah. just adding it's not distance. Like, yeah, it's not like a flapjack. It reminded or me like of that. the Bushwhackers little finisher that we see later, the little with the battering <sighs> ram. The battering ram. <laughs> Let's don't get to that. We'll get to that garbage when we need to get that. Uh, but it reminded me like the same cartoonishness that they were going for, like rocket, rocket launcher. We'll fucking figure it out. This pay per view reminds me so much of how much I fucking love managers. Because yeah. Mr. Fuji, his psychology on the outside here, his heelish ways are so good. Oh, yeah. The way he puts that cane in there, that uh, that Owen, it's, it's like, it, it's to a point where... You almost miss it. Well, you do because it blends in and you think about it, it's like, that is brilliant. A referee's not going to look over there and see that cane because it's going to look like the, the pole, right? Yeah. And I don't know, but it's just like the way he does it and he's so like sneaky and I understand that there's a racist aspect to that because Vince is like, go out there and be like a sneaky Japanese person or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like... And that makes it like the Japanese turnbuckles that go all the way up and down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's just so good. Like, I, I just love how much like manager work there is yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Well, except for fucking one. <laughs> <laughs> Who? You fucking <laughs> Okay, well we'll get to that one because I have some different thoughts on that. So. Oh, he sucks so okay. much. Go ahead. <laughs> so this match ends with the rocket launcher, which you hate. Uh I it just doesn't I, I get could it. Could work. It needs some it athleticism. Like if they I'm went gonna... coast to coast or something like that. Like ah, cool. Did anyone like do a spear? Who like who like I don't remember spears being a. Move. Oh, no, they weren't a thing back then. Like, and that's so weird to think that that because that seems like a pretty very basic, basic like. You know, like just run into him like you're tackling um, him. I, Brett would do it, but he wasn't like doing his spear. He would do it to ground his opponent. Like yeah, you know, um, I've I've seen Brett do it a couple times. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. I guess there was the would they call it would be like a was it the Luthez press that Michaels would do or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that a little bit. Or yeah, Luthez kind of like a spear with your legs first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, they win. Uh, the nude foundation wins with. Uh, oh, and, and and this was kind of like a trial by fire for Owen because they were yeah. like, "You're gonna do 19 of these 21 minute match." Yeah, 17 you know? minutes and 18 second match. And uh, you want to take a guess on the Meltzer rating scale? How many stars it got? Two and a half, knowing Meltzer. You want to take a guess on the Meltzer star rating match? Or did you already look it up? I didn't. I'm, I'm going to stick with him by two and a half. I see, because it was uh, one person did great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Uncle Dave loved this one. It's three and a half stars. Ooh, match, a little so more. Three and a half star match. Be careful. It might, he might have popped for the rocket launcher. Yeah, That's maybe. Over. He popped for but, the rocket launcher. He's like, their outfit's worse than my mullet. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of, like, Kato. Like, I feel like that guy was just not trying. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, well, he doesn't, you know, that's the thing. Not Like, he doesn't really have much of a career, like, mm-hmm. after this. Uh, but I remember Paul Diamond hearing that name, yeah. but, like, I don't remember mm-hmm. mounting to much. So we go backstage to a guy that I love from my youth, and that is Lord Alfred Hayes. Like, so, so, it's like Sean Mooney, Lord Alfred Hayes, all these guys. Yeah. It's just so ridiculous with Lord Alfred Lord Hayes. Alfred Hayes, like, takes me out of it a little bit of, like, you know, you get in there in the Merce, and everybody's yelling, and, you know, you got Bobby the Brain going back and forth, and he's like, 
And now we're here backstage. His tone is so different from everybody Uh-oh. else. I, <laughs> it's just like, oh, he, he, he talks like Mr. Faraday in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I, <laughs> like, so, someone posted something about the Von Erics online today. And like, so my immediate reaction is, fuck the Von Erics, go Freebirds. And uh, I looked, <laughs> I watched some hold of Freebirds clips. And when Gordon solely is interviewing anyone, I'm just like, you are so bad. <laughs> It's like, all right, we're here with Michael P.S. Hayes. Uh, how? Oh, well, you should probably not say that, Michael. Like, it's like, fuck, you know, but I get it. It takes you out of it a little bit. But I, I just remember that voice from my childhood mm-hmm. always being there. But we get a recap of the Hart House show loss here. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is where they really talked about it. Uh, I like that Lord Alfred Hayes calls him the Hot Scott Rowdy Roddy yeah. Piper. Not Rowdy Roddy. He doesn't call him Rowdy Roddy Piper Hot Roddy. He calls him the Hot Scott. In the first uh, like hour or so of this pay-per-view, the racial stereotypes are just flying off the wall. The, yeah. It's not everybody is a caricature of like oh, their origin. Yeah. Even Alfred Hayes gets the cup of tea thing from oh, Hogan yeah. later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, Jesus, lay Stop off. Stop my cup of tea, brother. What do you know a lot about? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you could just not say those things. Yeah, they're not, they're not necessary. <laughs> He's a person. Yeah. <laughs> um, we we then we get we get the talking you know Piper, but we get a, a cutaway to the Mountie and Jimmy Hart. Yeah. And Jimmy Hart just on cocaine. Jimmy Hart. This like, is Jim, like, Jimmy Hart. Did I think did great this entire oh, pay per view? Yeah. Like, he was out there like three times, I believe, yeah, he, and just every time just was like I'm digging ball, it. Ball yeah. of energy. Uh-huh. This is probably about the time that he's is he managing uh, the Nasty Boys at this time. Yeah, it was on his yeah. coat. Yeah. Okay. Because that gives. Hold us, on. Are we skipping the Piper promo? No, here? we're gonna. It, was, it comes next. Okay. Yeah. Good. yeah. That was his third time out. Was with the yeah. with the the Nasty yeah. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. This this and is was, the era where we get the classic Jimmy Hart wearing that motorcycle or wearing the motorcycle helmet to the ring. If you've never seen Jimmy Hart in that motorcycle helmet with the Nasty Boys, you got to look it up. It is it very absurd. Silly. Absurd. Uh, but yeah, we get a Piper promo here. Oh, yeah. Jesus and this promo Christ. is batshit crazy. <laughs> He's all over the place. He just implies that they're queers. <laughs> yeah, he's like, take my manhood. I don't know what you want to do in that ring. And then he ends it with a nocturnal emission joke. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> would have a, you've been dreaming. And he, they're all wet, too. He implies, <laughs> like, <"What?" laughs> like, who throws a nocturnal emissions dig in? <laughs> and, he, and he implies at a certain point that Jimmy is, like, sucking uh, the Mountie's dick because there's, like, lipstick all over the belt. And he's like, I don't know what you're doing down there. Oh, I didn't get that. I didn't even get Dude, that. that's all this promo is. All yeah, this promo I, I Piper just the manhood them and ladies and yeah. lots of homophobia, especially yeah. later with the skirt talk. Like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is just back and forth. Oh, he says Piper calls the Mountie one of the original uh, village people, mm. like here and stuff like that. And oh, it's just, Jesus! Yeah, it is. This is just like two or three minutes of. I don't know if it was three minutes. It seems like it just because it's so much in here. <laughs> but it is like, you know, we talk about the problematic past of wrestling. Uh, which homophobia has now just been replaced by multiple cuckold angles. <laughs> so. Jesus, yeah. That's... <laughs> but uh, right Piper seems to be... Piper was at the center of a lot of them, and it's like, I don't know, it's something like he's somehow like immune to being associated with a lot of it, but he was... Con- like, he did this. He did the blackface later. Yeah. But, you know? Yeah, yeah. like this... But is... if I had to say top 20 uh, racist wrestlers or homophobic wrestlers... Piper probably wouldn't break and, the top twenty. And so here's here's my qu- here's my question. Mm-hmm. I, I from all accounts, Roddy Piper was a pretty good human being. Yeah, yeah. And he so, just made hard jokes. And so my question yeah. is, I don't think that he's really a homophobe. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's just part and parcel of the era. Yeah. yeah. Like, this is how you get a dig on people. Like He's an edgy joke writer. Yeah. <laughs> He's not, now, yeah. us where the Ultimate Warrior was He's like, a scum. reaction's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Where the Ultimate Warrior was just like a scumbag homophobe. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, scumbag homophobe. Yeah, Ultimate trans, Warrior. Racist. He was yeah. like writing senators about gay rights yeah. and stuff. Like, like he was it, really it's, into it's it. It's different. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which you got, you know, and you got to think, you know, that's just part of the problematic history of wrestling that we got to deal with. But yeah, uh, yeah, he talks about and he's like recapping the Mounties promo. And like you brought it up where he says, I'm going to take Roddy Piper's manhood. And he's like, I come here to fight. I don't know what you came here to do. (laughs) It's like, maybe the Mountie's here to fuck. I don't know. (laughs) She's going dumb on, the entire he's, time too. He is called the Mountie. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, I always like. You know giggle. that cattle prod? <laughs> just put a little rubber cover on the end. <laughs> so that cattle prod comes back. I'll talk about it then. But yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, not the not and not the most famous cattle prod in uh, no. pro wrestling because no. that would that would go to the uh, Kevin the Nash. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, we get our second match now. Match number two, we get Rowdy Roddy Piper, mm. who is dead, versus the Mountie with Jimmy Hart in his corner for the IC title. The Mountie is alive. That's uh, Jacques Rougeau, right? Yeah, yeah. Jacques Rougeau. Formerly of the Quebecers. Of the Quebecers, yeah. yes. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to give you guys a little bit of my take on the match here and turn you guys loose on it. But uh, this is this match is just like frenetic. Yeah. Like there, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's no. not a good match. And, and the, yeah, but it's, it's just two slush. dudes slugging it out and just like it was the shortest match on the card too. It's one, yeah. It's and it, it's just like so fucking just everything's going on here. There's yeah. like no psychology to it whatsoever. It's I just made like, the exact same note. And what uh, my theory of the why it was just kind of chaotic like that is Rowdy is still using a heel move set, even though he's like mm-hmm. clearly like our super over face in this. Yeah. yeah. Like he's doing all the dirty stuff, the pull in the nose, the poke in the eyes, uh, just mm-hmm. basic bulldog and then taunt him. Uh, but yeah. somehow, and, and Mountie's not getting any comeuppance. It's a weird. It's heel versus heel, yeah. technically, in between the ropes, and yeah. that's where it's really weird. Like, there's no face comebacks or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If we go back, you know, we've re- our most recent Piper match that we talked about on here uh, was from '83 at Starcade mm-hmm. versus Greg Valentine, which was a dog collar match yeah. that was literally like the bloodiest shit show that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah. This is a shit show as well. Not nearly. No. Not not bloody. Uh, but yeah, this is. Uh, it's it's not a good match, but it does a good job of putting Piper over. I think. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's all it is. I think it was just. I think it was just a seriously a function match, like we were talking about uh, earlier about getting the belt to uh, yeah. Piper. Uh, you know, face to face. There yeah, we trans- got him. Transitional champions. Yeah, stuff, that's right? a, you know basic just to get him on there, and it was a setup for something else uh, yeah. later. You got anything, Ethan, you thought particularly about this match? So this match ends. Uh, it's five. I, Yeah, go for it. Wait. I had one note uh, is that Monsoon kept calling Piper a little runt. And I was really worried that he wasn't going to use perfect diction every time because it really sounded oh, like you, he was saying you, something You mean else. Jimmy Hart or whatever? No, it was uh, well, Monsoon like, on uh, commentary. Jimmy Hart. Oh, yeah. Is that little that runt. little runt? Yeah. And it was like, oof, yeah. every time. Yeah. I was yeah. like, you just really got to enunciate, bud. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> there's a good five knuckle shuffle in there too. Yeah. Uh, I like, but yeah, there's a moment or it ends with Jimmy Hart getting up on the mat and there's a bump that puts, uh, that forces the Mountie into a sleeper hold mm-hmm. and the uh, sleeper hold takes out, uh, the Mountie here. Yeah. So we have a, uh, classic raise your hand. It wasn't the three raise hand, right? No, so he it did, was yeah. just, he did, did three. He, oh, okay. He did I, three. I thought it was, it was just, just so fast. Okay. It's literally one, 
two, three. Okay. Ding, 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 ding. It was literally that quick. And then we get the post-match, which yes. is... <laughs> Hot Rod now with the shocker. Yeah, Hart runs in with the, the prod. Of course, you know, bumbles that, and then uh, old Hot Rod ends up with the cattle prod. And the sound effect, whenever he goes to use oh, it, yeah. it was just the most... And I know that... <laughs> I don't know if that was on... Because I know there's like different... We talked about it earlier yeah, about yeah. the different audio tracks on there. There's a different yeah. one when Hogan gets eliminated as well. Uh, like... How, why did they not tweak that? <laughs> See, I don't know. That's so bad. I don't yeah. know if it. Yeah, if it was an in stadium, like it was, like uh, lockdown two thousand. I was about to. Know, I was yeah. about to call that. Yeah. Well, you know, when it was played through the speakers or yeah, something. Yeah, like so it would sound like electricity. But like, in what world does a shock stick make? Like, it's not a fucking taser. And even if you were in the front row, you wouldn't hear it thirty yards away. Oh, I mean, I've used uh, the the taser, like yeah. a little hand taser, in a match before, yeah. and it's not like you have to. It, to it, you can't but, hear it, but but even the, I think a shock isn't it like shock sticks are different where they don't activate until they actually touch skin. I, th- oh, I don't know. I think that's how they work mm-hmm. for cattle, but like yeah, the mounty and I, I think the story of the mounty like it was kind of like a a rub against Canadians that the Mounties weapon was like this shock stick, which was like, it's not a fucking gun like yeah. we have here in America. Jesus Christ. You got a yeah. pussy Canadian. You bring a fucking gun to the ring. You know, that classic America-Canada rivalry that we have to you deal know, with. every wrestler's got a gun when they're yeah. in the ring. Look at him with his dumb stick. <laughs> well, flying Brian Pillman's the only yeah. one, right? Uh, but this is going to, this is a momentous occasion because this is Rowdy Roddy Piper's first ever title mm. which is a travesty that his yeah, first yeah. title is something he's going to have for three months right yeah, it drops but, it to bread at mania it's yeah. a travesty and a badge of uh, honor too it's like it's just some people don't need it yeah that's true yeah. right yeah yeah it does get to that point where i think like modern day even though i know he's had a world championship and stuff but like you get wrestlers like the miz who you're like people want well you should give him another run because he's been a guy you know he does good work but he doesn't need it Right? Yeah, because yeah. he's he can have interesting storylines. Undertaker, a like he yeah. had very few. Yeah, reigns. it's it's yeah. always very shocking that the Undertaker's and like he had one previously to this pay per view. He was, I think, the cause of this wasn't it? it was him yeah. and Hogan's uh, like controversial finish that caused the yeah. vacant title yeah. for this pay per view. Yeah. 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 Um, so, uh, uh, and we then go backstage again to Lord Alfred Hayes. <laughs> Just yeah. break that all that momentum from that. Yeah. Who is with the Hulkster mm. in another Coliseum home video? He's really shilling that. Like it brought me back because I uh, really thought about the the nine ninety nines and yeah. all oh, that yeah. over the years. It's like they've been doing this for so oh, long. Yeah. <laughs> so the equivalent of this in like a couple years is going to be all the hotlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, like all this. You know, I think that find, was mean Gene Invention, wasn't it? And like he got super rich. Off yeah, of it. find yeah. out what happened after Monday Night Raw or after Nitro by yeah. calling the, the you know. And he would just have like a pre-recorded. Like message that people would get charged by the minute yeah. to listen to. Yeah, and he like the he, match. you know he got that idea from phone sex operators. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he called and was like, yeah. "I gotta get on this and, game." And it's that classic like Simpsons joke where Homer calls the gambling line. You know, Mean Gene's like, "In the match <laughs> against Hulk, the Immortal Hogan versus Macho Man." <laughs> Just milking that money from whatever. So that's about the same energy of this Hogan promo that we get. Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. And Hogan, he does the whole T bit here, and I I, this is like such a throwaway promo. This is the little hoaxers. He, I think he gets two or three. Hogan gets two or three promos leading up to his royal because I know he gets one in the montage later, and I think another one as well. But in this one, yeah, he's really focused on the little hoaxers in this. Please buy my stuff, little hoaxers. All right. The next thing we get 
is Mean Gene mm-hmm. talking to the Bushwhackers. Oh, yes. mm-hmm. With their... Now, Ethan has referred to him as a manager. I'm going to say he's their valet. Because mm-hmm. he's not managing them for anything. He's just there. You sounded like Monsoon when you said that, because he was like, I don't know if that's their mascot or... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, mm-hmm. uh, we get the introduction of someone I did completely forget about, but once I saw him, I came rushing back. Jameson Winger. Jameson Winger is his name. And Jameson... Uh, we got to get this out of the way. If you guys, you guys, you know, go watch this. Look up Jameson. Uh, and Don't. No, do because it's fucking great. Uh, uh, he hurts my teeth whenever he eats his tie. When he eats his tie, <laughs> and so it makes my teeth. I have like that weird reaction to it. So the story of Jameson is this: uh, he's an actor by the name of John uh, D. Giacomo. Mm. Uh, he was. Uh, oh, fun fact on that thing I sent you: people thought that he was played by Andy Kindler. Uh, if you guys know who Andy Kindler is, he's a comedian. He was on. Uh, yeah, yeah. Andy Kindler hates Ricky Gervais. Yeah, and he was like. I guess it's so much so that even in Andy Kindler's IMDb bio, it had that credit as him being Jameson, but he wasn't or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, ah, the power of wrestling lore. Yeah. Uh. So uh, this is a character that was developed during his work as a murder mystery improv performer. And then the way he finds himself into the WWF is that Vince is at a birthday party mm-hmm. and there's an improv group there and he sees this character and loves it. And so the next day, he or very soon, he calls and has him say, hey, I want you to go to wherever they were at at the time. I don't know if Titan Towers existed mm-hmm. yet or not, but I want you to meet Bobby Heenan uh-huh. in character. Yeah. And... The story allegedly is once Heenan met him, this comes from a podcast with the guy that played Jameson with Sean Mooney. And uh, I guess Heenan, once he realized it was a character and not just some like weirdo, mm. he falls in love with it. Yeah. And he eventually, uh, <laughs> he is eventually is going to be on the Bobby Heenan show, which is a short lived show. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Apparently, well, pretty well liked backstage by everybody, uh-huh. uh, except for Pat Patterson Pat. hated him. Um, Pat Patterson hated him because he thought the Jameson character was offensive to homosexuals. Which I didn't get to. To which I say, the, Jameson that's where your line is. That's why I say the Jameson <laughs> character is offensive to all people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but apparently, he smoked. His two favorite wrestlers were the Million Dollar Man and Sensational Sherry, uh-huh. and uh, he smoked weed with Sherry all the time. Allegedly, <laughs> like that was like their thing to do was just to smoke weed. And Hogan liked him as well. Like he, Hogan said he was the only guy backstage that could actually make him laugh. Yeah. So this Jameson guy is pretty well entrenched into WWF at this time. Like, huh. um, and originally he was signed to be on this Bobby Heenan show, which I didn't know much about. Ethan has seen an episode of it. And yeah. you want to describe what happened on that episode? Yeah, let me describe this episode. So uh, Bobby Heenan, it's essentially Conan, right? Except, you know, Bobby Heenan's a host and Jameson is his Andy Richter, right? Yeah. And in the one of the episodes... A female porn actress comes on to the show, and the gimmick is Bobby Heenan doesn't know what she does, but Jameson, being the dirty little freak, knows exactly what she does and spends the entire interview with a pillow on his lap. Oh, Jesus. And then the joke (laughs) becomes he came on the pillow, and now he can't remove it. Ah, 
that is classic, classic mm, yeah. Vince humor. <laughs> that does reinforce my theory that this is uh, a character kind of uh, thought of because people, like 40-year-old men who watched Revenge of the Nerds on VHS thought, like, oh, we can do that thing. And I think there was like some of those uh, so, pillow gimmicks in that movie. This is just what Vince thinks all wrestling fans are. Yeah. So, so if, yeah. You, if you don't see, if you see this guy, like, and he will say, like, subconsciously, the inspiration, like, he, this is a play off of, like, I think it's a play off of, like, the Martin Short dork character. Oh, from, good call. From yeah. That he used to, I can't remember the name of that character. Had the spike in the middle of his head or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then also, as he would admit, it's a play off of Jerry uh, Jerry Lewis's, um, oh, and the, ner- the nerdy, yeah. the nerdy, the ner- nutty, nutty professor. professor yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and so it's kind of a conglomeration of those two. Mm-hmm. I could never. And so what you said mm-hmm. about the Bobby Heenan show kind of puts me in that camp of that. He's like a, a weird pervert. <laughs> Whereas I'm like, is he supposed to be like, is this like proto Eugene that we got here? As, uh, yeah. Or he's is also, this like a nerd? Well, right? here's the thing. Cause this he's is like, Louis Skolnick <laughs> from revenge of the nerds. Cause right? he's like, get him in the ring. And it's fucking awful. It yeah. makes me want to, Cut my ears off. But then there's a moment where in the match, Monsoon says, Jameson won't beat you up with his fists, but he'll tear you down with his words. And then like a (laughs) minute later, Jameson says, he hit it me. And I was like, oh, fuck you. And so if that voice sounds familiar, that's like the nutty professor voice. uh, and And then it's also... Like Professor Frink from The Simpsons, basically. Yeah, basically, that's the voice that. I have invented a very big now, machine. And why <laughs> did they put him with the Bushwhackers? Because, well. Because he's a huge mark for all the baby faces. Yeah, he's. And so that's where I think you get, to me, sort of the Eugene element yeah. to where he's simple mm-hmm. and he loves, like, the over the top cartoonish faces, oh. right? And, yeah. you know, but look. But look. I we I don't want to. Wrestling is for children. I <laughs> and J- Jameson is for children, and Vince has the humor level of like a twelve-year-old boy, right? <sighs> like he likes dick jokes and things like that. So I understand why he exists. Yeah, I get it. He's not fun to deal with, but when I look at it with that specific pairing of the Bushwhackers, mm-hmm. they are the height of comedy wrestling at this time. Oh, God. Well, that's what they are, though. The I don't like wrestling anymore. Well, that's what they are. <laughs> that, that, Which, that did it. The fact that the Bushwhackers <laughs> were ever the height of anything. Well, and this, my friend Russ, he hated the WWF in the, er, in the early 90s and stuff because of like the Bushwhackers and Hacksaw because he's like, he took the fucking sheep herders and turned them into a laughing stock of, yeah. of wrestlers. And we, they took like legitimate tough guy, hacksaw Jim Duggan yeah. and turned him into a two by four willing idiot <laughs> that just yells ho all the time instead of like cutting fire promos like he used to do in NWA and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but this leads us to our match. Mm-hmm. Match number three, for some reason, is 14 minutes and 56 seconds oh, long. Oh my God, it's a house show match. <laughs> Uh, everyone in this match is alive today. Everyone's, I, I, I was surprised the Beverly yeah. Brothers still yeah. around. They retired. Uh, you know, Good Edge got out of the game. Yeah. I noticed. Uh, yeah, the uh, sticking with the the 
the just childish uh, nature of the the announcers that they kept calling them uh, the Beverly Sisters as yeah. they put down. It's like Jesus Christ. Oh, do you remember the what the crowd the what the Bushwalkers gets the crowd to chant at one point? No. Ah, nice. So we have the Beverly brothers, who are Bo and Blake Beverly, Mm -hmm. uh, who Blake Beverly would later go on to become Mean Mike Enos. If you're an ECW fan from the late 90s, Mean Mean Mike Enos had runs in WCW and ECW, I believe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they are with... Larry Poffo. Larry Poffo, a.k.a. Macho Man's brother. Macho Man's brother, (laughs) a.k.a. He has his own name. The Genius. The Genius. (laughs) And, and of course, the way you denote being a genius, which is why I am am constantly wearing my cap and gown. Why is he still in a cap and gown? (laughs) (laughs) Because education's for sissies. (laughs) But it's the best gimmick. It's such a good gimmick. Oh, no. Like, look, when we eventually own our own wrestling promotion, I am going to be like the evil professor, and I'm either wearing... You're going to wear a cap and gown? I'm going to wear a cap. No, no, no. You need to have five guys all holding your doctorate. Yeah. It's I, fucking January. No one is graduating. I'm going to wear my cap and, semester. I'm going to wear my cap and gown. And I know when I taught classes at Oklahoma State, I would show up in my cap and gown and just be like, now class, it's time to learn from this genius. Or I'm going to wear a uh, tweed jacket with leather patches on it. Yeah. <laughs> and smoke a pipe because that's that's and the you're sign. You're gonna of carry me. a desk around with you just so you can stand on top of yes. it to give inspiring speeches. Uh, but the genius reads a poem that is very very bad. It's not, no, no. Why this, did he do? <laughs> this is that was his gimmick though. He would come out. No, and, most of his poems are actually good. Yeah, this, this one, one was, was this really was really bad. bad. Uh, oh, there is a guy in the audience here, and I will show this around the room, and maybe I'll put it on the thing, but. This guy in the audience, if you guys have ever watched the old 80s SNL where they have the Bears super fans, you know, duh, oh, yeah, Bears. Duh, Bears. Oh, yeah. This guy right there. Oh, Jesus. That is a real person. That's a real person. Yeah. He is basically, if you remember. The sweater and everything. If you remember. Uh, oh, yeah. Chris, yeah. He's Chris Farley. Or no, How he's, many uh, heart attacks? Robert Schmeigel. Yeah, the, Robert Schmeigel. How many yeah. heart attacks does that meet for you there? Oh, yeah. that's about a big Christian. <laughs> I take the bear claws two yeah, at a yeah. time. And, I got a bit of Polish sausage stuck to my lung. <laughs> and I've got some bad news for a current pro wrestler. Uh-oh. Um. As we've all been established through signs and audiences, um, Seth Rollins is not cool. Uh-huh. But according to the signs in this audience, the Bushwhackers are cool. <laughs> there is a grown ass man with a sign that is probably like five feet long. It just says, "But the Bushwhackers, the Bushwhackers are cool." Have a, like their gimmick is like they have the poses, they do the the catchphrases. The, they just work the crowd. Yeah, that's their crowd work is pretty amazing. Like they have all the gestures, and that's what like this is kind of where like I dove off. He because... licks multiple children. Yes, I'm as like, he's walking. I, I want, room. I want, okay, so it's this not five is, feet long, but this is the sign. It's just a spray painted Bushwhackers on, are cool. <laughs> bushwhackers are cool. And it's just like, no. And it's stenciled on, too. Like, oh, yeah. There was oh. no artistic integrity to this. <laughs> he just took I, stencils. That guy probably thinks the Bushwhackers are cool because he huffed the paint he used afterwards. Bushwhackers still working now, by the way. Oh, really? I saw oh, some yeah. pictures of them. They did not look good. Yeah, they're still doing indie shows. Uh, yeah, as recently as two, three years ago. Uh, now, your explanation here about the Heenan-like stuff, and uh, he has got... Like his jokes about Jameson throughout this match are like he's just like burning through them. Like it's just like a he's just machine gun Jameson. You know he is up all night writing his roasts. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, (laughs) 
Yeah, and I, I wrote... There is one Heenan call in this show that's like super underrated. Oh, and I want to get to it. When is it? It's in the Rumble. Okay, we'll get to it in the Rumble. Uh, so I got a couple questions here uh, before we get to this. Uh, this The genius is going to slap Jameson, mm-hmm. and that's where he says... <laughs> Yeah, I I pointed that out too. I was like, oh my god, no! Like, what's going on here? And I was like, is he dumb? Like, yeah. that's why I was like, Where, is, is, he has tape on his glasses. He has a paperclip in between the screw yeah. There's hole. a safety pin. He's got there. tape around one of his shoes. I'm going to go on record and say there is nothing worse in the world than a dumb nerd. Yeah. Dumb uh, nerds yeah. are the worst. Well, his whole Hitler gimmick was, is a hat on yeah. a hat. Hitler wasn't great. So. <laughs> Hey, uh, but uh, <laughs> maybe a close second. Close second. <laughs> He's up there in heaven, going, "Ethan, damn you!" Like, uh, but the finish of this match is a double axe handle ends it, which is a garbage finisher. But he, before, what are you talking about? He crowned him. But, he hit him with a crown. It's the best move. But uh, here's the thing. Uh, before that, we do get the famous battering ram, which was the <sighs> now. Even though they lost, I feel I felt instantly bad <laughs> that we did not mention the battering ram as the worst finisher ever. <laughs> well, we didn't do any tag team finishers. Yeah, we didn't do tag team finishers, and we. But it's so bad. Yeah, so if you don't know what the battering ram is, just it's basically like it is a hundred percent a play. All off right, of, you want to know what a bat, the battering ram is? I want you to take the two dumbest people in the entire world and then just imagine them running at two miles an hour into someone and then being like, we win because of this. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, literally, literally, Luke Luke or Butch, whichever one, puts the other one underneath his arm like he's going to give him a noogie Mm -hmm. and then runs him into another person. This is just playing, this is what they're doing though. They're, like they're playing off the three stooges. Mm-hmm. Like they, yeah, the, the, the bushwhackers yeah. are three. Uh, the three, they're the two stooges. Mm-hmm. Jameson's their fucking shimp. No yeah. one likes a shimp, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, I'm old. I, I remember watching stooges, a shimp. I, I thought the stu- two stooges were Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson. Nah, that's true. Mister Mac Mayan. Uh mm-hmm. I did notice something very random here. Uh, speaking of Bobby Heenan, he is a person that says "ruined" instead of "ruined." Uh, yeah, he says Jameson ruined this, and I was like, "No, don't be that guy, Bobby Heenan. I love you. Don't don't be the ruined guy." Uh, which now we go backstage once again to Mean Gene Okerlund, and uh, we get a classic. This is just basically cut and paste, like copy paste Legion of Doom promo that yeah. we get back yeah. here. This is like, it's just. Animal and Hawk yelling. Uh, and I do love, though, when they turned over to Hawk. And he Hawk is so good when he goes, well, when he, when he just starts that with that well. Yeah. It's like his little slightly higher pitched voice just works a little bit better yeah. than Animal. Just gutturally like, rawr, 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 in there. Like, mm-hmm. But that's totally, mm-hmm. when people think of 80s, 90s promos, they're imagining basically everything that the Legion of Doom ever did. Were you a Legion of Doom fan? Oh, yeah, of course I was. The shoulder pads with the spikes out of it. I think I had a uh, Legion of Doom Trapper Keeper with my Hulkamania folder inside of it. Yeah. 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 Ethan? All right. Yeah. Here's the thing. Legion of Doom so before my time. Yeah. Hawk was dead before I got into wrestling. Yeah. I remember when Hawk died and then Animal came back and formed the Legion of Doom 2000 or not 2000, but like the other version with Heidenreich. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, no, 
you get this garbage out. And then when Hawk or Animal would try to wrestle solo, yeah. I was like, no, you with you. his big old roid belly. I was like, You're no, just trying to make some money here. Yeah, I was like, no, you need you need Hawk. I don't care if you got to wheel out a corpse. Yeah, you can't go twenty by yourself, bud. Yeah, you, you got <laughs> to take some rest holds. You got to you got to have someone there who can't sell. Yeah, <laughs> but this is this pro- <laughs> fucking Hawk. This promo is leading into our fourth match of the night. Oh, wait, I should, I should, I should, I should ask you guys before we move on. Uh, cause I didn't, uh, here, let me, let me get my notes, shuffle through, shuffle through. Are we, are we not at the, the Sean promo? Have we not talked about That's the That's right show? after this, I believe. Is it? Oh, is that, that, uh. Oh, it's cause it's after the, oh, you're right, you're right, you're right. You're right. Nah, yeah, I think it's a little bit, it's after this match. Cause I, did, I fucking uh, love this okay, Sean promo. Match two, what do you think they gave the Piper Mounty match? What do you think Meltzer gave the Piper Mounty match? One, maybe. What do you think? Oh, yeah, two tops. One and three quarters stars. So oh. you're in there. Uh, what do you think he gave the Beverly Brothers versus the Bushwhackers? If he, if he gave it a star, he were wasting. Yeah. <laughs> This whole he system gave it, has no integrity. He gave it a negative one and a half star. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was If he gave it a star, we're, yeah. this whole yeah. system. Now, uh, match number four, we get. He hated me. The visual, <laughs> the visual namesake of our podcast, yeah. the natural disaster. The natural if, you, if you've looked at our logo, you know who these guys are. Earthquake and Typhoon, formerly Tugboat. Yeah. John Tenta. John Tenta and... He's uh, a shark. Yeah, and... Uh, <laughs> oh, why am I forgetting his name? What? Why am I forgetting Typhoon's name? Uh, Ort. Mark Ort. <laughs> no, Typhoon's real name. Isn't he Dusty Rhodes' cousin? No, he's the Shockmaster. I know he is. Yeah, but what's I don't it? give a fuck. Yeah, anyway... Uh, apparently, really good guy. Uh, but uh, yes, great yeah, guy. Very good. Fred Ottoman. Fred Ottoman. That's it. Fred Ottoman, yeah. the guy who is famous for being the shock master. But which, I think he is related to Dusty. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, but Earthquake and Typhoon, accompanied by Jimmy Hart, they are the natural disasters. Yeah. Because Earthquake made sense because he's fat. Yeah. Typhoon does not make sense for a, a fat guy to be called. It's like Typhoon would be like if you're like. A flippy guy. <laughs> if he like came to the yeah, spinning around with buckets of water, <laughs> just a pail, a pail in each hand. He did, I'm the, he did the Triple H spot. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> just spits out some Aquafina. Yeah. <laughs> like I'll show you Typhoon splash. By the way, now, I want you to do this anytime you see the Triple H spot where he spits out the water. Just as you do it, just go a chew. <laughs> it's now, my favorite thing. Does. <laughs> does Tinta John Tinta Who's Earthquake Does he become Avalanche In WCW Yes it does See Avalanche Is a as much well better as, name uh, uh, The Oddities What about Mudslide oh, yeah. He's Golga He's Golga Shark Why don't we call but, him Why don't we just call him Mudslide That's why I knew him in Golga And uh, yeah. that's what he worked with Yeah he was a juggler yeah, At one yeah. point yeah. He had his little Cartman doll up there I prefer John Kenta And he was uh, I think he went like uh, Like Really, like seventy-two and zero in sumo wrestling before you really? kicked out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. Like, uh, like where he, if you like Google his uh, sumo wrestling too, he always has to have like a sleeve on his arm because of that tiger tattoo. Yeah, uh, which like it looks harmless here. They show it in the pay per view. Like it's just a regular. It's like big shows. But it's just probably like a. But they a thought cultural. it was a yakuza thing. Well, you know, uh, ja- that's yeah. how it is in Japanese culture. There's, that's a gangster yakuza. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, there's uh, plenty, uh, plenty of like uh, gyms and bathhouses in Japan where if you have tattoos, they. They will not let you in. Yeah. Oh, really? Even t- even to this day, because so, it's it's such it's tattoos. Only Yakuza had tattoos. Period. Mm. Oh, wow. In Japan, so it, that's why it's. Associated. I thought it was the tiger itself that was no, like the no, whoa. No. It's just tattoos at all. 
This match uh, features uh, two teams, one dead, one alive. Yeah. Uh, Earthquake is dead. Typhoon's alive. And then on the other side, Legion of Doom, Hawk and Animal. Hawk is obviously dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like, and I'm sorry, I, I wish it would have connected. I really did like uh, uh, Earthquake's dropkick attempt. Like, he gets oh, some good height. The, at the start of it, then, yeah. And then fucking Monsoon sandbags it. Yeah. He's like, why well, hey, wonder at the bronze out of the barn with that yeah. one? And you're like, that was so fucking impressive. Yeah. Now, I am not a fan necessarily of like these type of moves, but during this match, I, I did make a comment. Animal maybe has one of the best flying shoulder blocks. Yeah. Ever. Oh, it's like, so good. He's so good at it. And, and he this, looks like a dump truck when he th- hits it. This him, is yeah. like two big fat guys going up against two big meatheads. Yeah. So you're not going to get like much more than just a brawl here. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> my other commentary is Matt's like, Oh God! Someone in the crowd has a cowbell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like where did this come from? Because it wasn't there in the first matches, no. and then all of a sudden I hear clink, clink, clink. Like, did they bring the grandma from from Mid South wrestling up? For all of a sudden, she show up late or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Um, yeah, this is uh, not a great match. Uh, really, it's a the whole premise of the match is how are they going to get them up mm-hmm. to do the Doomsday device, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, which the Doomsday device is the EL, the LOD finisher. Yeah, it's such a good move. It is a good move. They they, they hold, have the electric chair, the clothesline off the top. Yeah, rope. electric chair, yeah. the clothesline off the top rope, uh, and that's kind of the, the the whole idea behind this. How they're going to do that? These are two giant fat guys. They're not mm-hmm. going to be able to do it. I like the suplex attempts that ended up in like them just falling over and like oh, with yeah. the, on like the pin attempt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we just get in this one uh, a count out finish. Yeah, and then and then you know LOD so get a count out finish where the natural disasters win. Yep. Then. We have LOD get their heat back, chase them out with the chairs. This is three times they've done this in a row, too. Yeah, get somebody get their heat back after yeah. they lose. And yeah. the losers come back in the cat. Roddy Piper, or, well, Roddy Piper yeah. won well, and then still did it. And then uh, Eugene gets his little comeuppance on the genius. Yeah. So that's the thing. They've gone to that well a little uh, too many times. About the about those the, the, the come up, the getting their comeuppance. Yeah. When Hawk gets in there with that chair. Yeah. Those are the two softest chair shots I've ever seen. I in my know. Life. It's like know, he taps like them that. on the back and goes, oh. Oh, I'm sorry. They are super soft, which is crazy because Hawk's known for being stiff yeah. as fuck. Well, don't worry. They make up for it when Animal hits it. Like, the shots to the back, super soft. The shot to the head, not so much. Yeah, true. <laughs> Enjoy that, Jesus. bud. Uh, but, um, but uh, yeah, so then, then we get one of the best moments of the entire night, which is just fat guy shouting. It's yeah, like, are you talking about the backstage promo? <laughs> yeah, I love that backstage promo oh, yeah. so much. Those guys, uh, for the big barbaric kind of guys that they are, very litigious. Like yeah. they were oh, right. Yeah. To the, you can tell it's like that's bad I'm improv. Get my lawyer, baby. Yeah, it's bad improv of like they don't know how to yes and. And Jimmy Hart brings up like I'm gonna call my lawyer, and then they don't know where to take it. You know, and it's like. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go to court, and this is gonna get. uh, We're gonna find uh, (laughs) jurisprudence, and like they just start tossing out words they obviously don't know. (laughs) And if that if that made no sense to you, that's pretty much how the promo. I just I love that promo so because yeah, it was just like the, we went from like zero so it's like they were built as like these dumb barbarians you know oh, earthquake yeah, yeah. and typhoon but no like they start talking legal jargon just because Jimmy Hart brings up them getting sued and they're screaming it still at but their big what's, dumb level. What's the name of the? I, I don't know why my, I'm brought a blank. The guy who's like the stooge. the stooge for uh, 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 the representative of the. Uh, Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney. Yeah, yeah. Jack Tunney! I'm gonna Jack Tunney! I'm gonna call Jack! (laughs) 
You'll see. I'll show you guys. It's so fucking funny. And then there's like literally a moment where where Earthquake just goes, ha! And just like it kills me every time. They're doing the mental gymnastics. Like We won the bell and they raised our hands, but we don't have the belts. I'm calling a lawyer. (laughs) It's like they're just trying to get those... It's that, like, have you not wrestled? That, that, like, that, is that is, your first day, bud? This is this is the furthest extent I've ever seen that like premise carried to. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, it was bad improv. Yeah. Like they just didn't know how to yes and. Yeah. And Jimmy Hart made the mistake of saying, "I'm going to call my lawyer." That's all he meant to do. And those two just took it took to it another level. That just fat guy shouting. <laughs> yeah, like I said, at one point I think Typhoon just shouts jurisprudence. Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't know what it means. <laughs> After the uh, after the t- the natural disasters promo with Jimmy Hart, we get another promo with Roddy Piper, who's I, they keep saying it like the plan or the formula or whatever his like plan to get both titles. That yeah, night. He, he had the two. two yeah. Well, one it's night. the first time anybody's ever vied for both titles in one night. Yeah, and but he does. Uh, speaking of, he That's quote, so weird. To he think says, about. "I had a dream." He quotes Martin Luther King. <laughs> he does. <laughs> <sighs> He just ice skates around the problematic. (laughs) (laughs) It's like in my first promo, I was making fun of homosexuals. Now I'm going to reference one of the greatest civil rights leaders of all time (laughs) in my quest to get a silly shiny belt. (laughs) It's so funny. Uh, But then we get to what you wanted to talk about while ago, which is Shawn Michaels fresh off the barbershop. This is seven days from the barbershop. That's what I was like. I popped for that when I saw it. I was like, oh, we're getting fresh wounds here. And And just what he says is so good. Yeah, I just want to say two things before you get into that. Uh, one, it's weird to hear Shawn Michaels without a gravelly voice because, yeah. like, all my thoughts of Shawn Michaels. Did he talk- smoke? Like, what happened? Like, at like he got, a, he got he got a couple really bad shots to his throat. Yeah, because which really fucked up his voice. Yeah, because it, it, he sounds like such a clean sounding, and I and it's almost not as effective to hear yeah. him that way. But uh, also, the other thing is, and I, I I brought I posted this on Facebook today, um, but. This is like the wrestling world's Mandela effect, where everyone thinks that Shawn Michaels super kicked Marty Jannetty through the plate that. glass window. I thought the same thing. I was like, he's, he's going to pick him up and do it again, right? Because he ends kicks. up through the window. Yeah, and instead he super kicks yeah, yeah. Marty Jannetty and then throws it. But like people, when they say the phrase, they'll be like, "Oh, this is like the Marty Jannetty super kick through the plate glass window." It's, it's like, like oh, no, 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 no. That's not what happens. I'm glad you brought that up because I was having that moment. Like, am I, like I was gaslighting myself. I was like. No, I remember it differently. Maybe it's edited. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no. That's everybody fucking makes that mistake. But here's here's we're what gonna, we're gonna get another Mandela effect coming up in a minute. But go ahead, mm-hmm. riff. Yeah, it's uh, Roddy Piper's gonna be like, "No, it's a Mandela." Mm-hmm. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it's like a party. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna party more when I win that title than Nelson Mandela did when they let him out of jail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which I don't think he was out of jail yet. Was no, he? he was not. <laughs> he had another year yeah, left on his. Yeah. He was at ninety three. Yeah, no, no. But uh, just just the line, yeah. just the line of, think about it, Marty, I saved you 29 other beatings, which uh, is such a good yeah. heel line. Such it, Fuck. It's so good. That's uh, pre-Tarantino, Tarantino line right there. Yeah. Uh, so after Sean talks, we get another, I believe, Coliseum exclusive with Ric Flair. <laughs> and, with Ric Flair. And Alfred, uh, uh, Lord Alfred Hayes. Right? Yeah. yeah, with this perfect there, and uh, it's almost a face promo. Almost, yeah. I, there is there is some shades here of that, like he's not ever really over the top yet. There's some shades of that, like 
flair for the gold flair from 83 yeah. coming through. Like, like he is legit billing himself as the true champion. And legitimately, people are like, well, yeah, he's the fucking he's the true, claimant he, to the he, true title. He's the true says. champion. Like, I, I remember when this all happened, like, it was like, I didn't know much about NWA at this time. I knew mm-hmm. WWF was my life. I was a mm-hmm. young kid, didn't have, I watched like Clash the Champions. Oh my God, I just remembered something. What? So, the reason Piper got the belt. Oh my God, I can't believe I forgot. Yeah. The reason they put the belt on Piper was because his house shows with Flair weren't selling well. And they uh. thought if they gave him the belt, it would draw more. Uh. That's why they die now. I remember, yeah. Brain. But uh, I Anyways, do, I do like ahead. at one point, Ric Flair says, and that's the bottom line. <laughs> yeah, they do. and then Alfred Hayes like draws it in too. It's like, you guys are... Uh, yeah. uh, now, we then get a series, a series of promos because mm-hmm. uh, we've had all of our regular matches. We're going to be at the Royal Rumble matches Royal coming Rumble. up. Too we get a ser- many promos. We get a series of promos. This but this is like standard fare of this era, right? Yes, it is. Like they were, this th- is before they ran you the know countdown do? video like they have the past 20 years. You know years? what you yeah. do if you're not drunk enough by this time in the Rumble? You just take a shot every time somebody says 30 men, top rope. Uh, yeah, they get it's the same thing over and over. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's just like they do with you the numbers video over the past 20 years. By the end of this three See, minutes. I took a smoke break after the repo man. Mm-hmm. It was like, the, it was like you know, okay. we started out with like Hogan, Macho yeah. Man, Jake the Snake, and I was like, oh, fucking repo man, I'm out. All <laughs> right. So we, we get Hogan, we get. Okay, so Macho Man says. Uh, he wants to get his hands on the snake man. <laughs> Doesn't call him Jake the Snake. The snake man. Snake man. Like, imagine if that's how they had originally billed Jake the Snake. He's not Jake the Snake Roberts. He's Jake the Snake Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, See, the snake listen, my, my wrestling gimmick's Jack the Snack. So, <laughs> <laughs> is that is that because you steal snacks all the yeah, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's actually more of a Repo Man gimmick, mm. but it's a play on Jack the uh, Snake. Then, then my comment <laughs> when Sid when Sid. Justice, and, and do you guys remember why he was called Sid Justice at this time? Oh, it was Sid Vicious before, or after, right? Well, he like uh, he comes into the WWE, and this is this is what's going to play out in the Royal Rumble match. He has come into WWE He's to bu- they're building him for a heel run, right? Well, they were, he came in as a face that yeah. was there to right the injustices that have been going on with like Oof. Undertaker and Hogan and all that stuff. So that's why those guys all got kind of combined in together and throughout mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. But he was there to be like. Kind of like the premise of the Shield when they first debuted, mm-hmm. that they were there to right the wrongs in the yeah. WWE. So, but my only comment on his promo is he's so wet. <laughs> they all are so wet, but and he they give him the close up, which it's I think it, I remember and liked his the best because his was different. Like I, everything I, else blended together, but they gave him the close up. And I always like that Sid's hair is just like you cut off Dusty Rhodes' <laughs> hair and put it on Sid. Is anybody else fascinated by his hair? It's, it's fucking weird. It's curly blonde. Since I was a kid, Cur- it's ramen noodles. Yeah, cur- ramen curly noodle blonde hair, hair yeah. is weird. He has like yeah, Justin Timberlake and it's gonna be me era. Yeah, like yeah. that ramen noodle. Like and it's he's like the perfect wrestler in every way except you're like fucking go bald yeah yeah there's no he has really weird fascinating hair now guys i'm gonna call myself out here because while i know it is absolutely crap and garbage i do have a slight soft spot in my heart for the repo man just because just because one i don't remember him ever talking and when he speaks he's so soft-spoken I'm like, this is not what I remember from Barry Darso playing he's being sm- sneaky. Well, I know, but like, when mm-hmm. I just remember Barry Darso playing Smash, going ha, 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 all the time, laughing and stuff. And here he's so soft spoken, 
And it comes up later in the Royal Rumble match when he gets eliminated. His commitment to that bit yeah. is never ending. No, yeah, yeah. he's so I, every good. time I like they cut to like the it's wide big. shot of the ring because you'd never be anything important. Yeah, but he was just like creeping up behind yeah. the other guys the entire and, and when he gets, match. When he, eventually, he was he was big boss man levels of committed to his gimmick. Oh, yeah. When he gets thrown out of the ring and he just like starts shif- shifting around and like he's like, what, what, what just happened? Like, yeah. so I'm just like. He's super good. No, job, I, I it's truly a, like the it's a, my, uh, He belongs on my favorite, one of my favorite subreddits of uh, awful taste but great execution. Oh, no. <laughs> it's uh, just, yeah, it's an awful gimmick, but just beautiful execution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Repo Man, and Repo's Man was not helped out by his. Why his, was there so many tire marks? <laughs> I have so many questions. Like, and, and, <laughs> and I like that the Repo Man is somehow like a thief. Yeah. Like, but hold on one second. I got well, you know, I he's a repossession guy. That's a very legitimate profession. I know, I know. But like, but he's played as like he's a cat burglar. I know, I, I know. know. I don't think he knew. What it was. Uh, well, all right. <laughs> I don't think Vince knew what it was. Yeah, he never Vince, had credit problems. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was this like a repo? Like they steal your stuff? Well, it's a gimmick. And he's like, no, you no, know, no. you gotta pay the credit card when bill. When you don't have enough money, and he's like, I don't get it. <laughs> Guys, well, I don't understand the words he just used in that order <laughs> it, in, indulge me in, indulge me for one second because here we go all right maybe <laughs> oh it's so good i love this just drum machine and a bass guitar right here and it's not even a real bass guitar that's a keyboard bass. oh yeah it's literally just <laughs> superfly super super yeah, yeah, it is just really super fly. Now that one, I don't believe is a Jim Johnson because I'm seeing on this play that this is a Jimmy Hart. Yeah. This is a Jimmy Hart. Oh, I do. I didn't know he contributed a little bit. Yeah, there. he Jimmy Hart wrote a lot of themes, especially when he ended up going to WCW. He would write a lot of themes over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then we get after Repo Man, we get the Bulldog, and boy, Bulldog's bad at promos. No, he sucks. So bad. There's a reason like, that uh, he never got a big push. We get Jake the Snake after the Bulldog being. Great, Jake the Snake should have never been a face ever. Nope. like he is just the perfect heel. Yeah, like yeah. he's just. And I always forget, like when he's in the ring against the Undertaker at a point, I forget how big Jake the Snake yeah, is. Yeah, Jake's like six six. Like, I think it's always because he had those skinny ass legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he uh, has a weird body. Yeah, he does. It's like there's nothing in shape about him at all. He, I, I guarantee, he has no cardio. But I guarantee, if he ever got pissed out at a bar, he could clear that entire fucking and, place. And you'll notice, like in the match, in the well, Ro- that's what you do when in you're the Royal Rumble, Rumble match. On math. Yeah. <laughs> in the Royal Rumble match, like there's a moment where he's about to DDT Ric Flair, mm-hmm. and they don't do it because the DDT was so protected with Jake the Snake. Yeah, and like, it still is. They're it's... like, they're like, no one could get back up from that. Like, so we're not going to. That moment is one thing I do want to talk about. Yeah, it's still talked about uh, a lot, and yeah. Now no, my... it's 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 literally one of the all time most protected moves of all time. Like the DDT, the Razor's Edge, up until recently the Jackhammer. Yeah. Are like the three most protected moves. And I think, of all and I think time. we talked about recently in the last year. It's been oh, uh, the punt kick was the other yeah, one. In the last year, it's been the Trouble in Paradise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kofi Kingston's Trouble in Paradise has been super protected. Yeah. But still, like back in like any time, like I was at a sh- on a show and any worker did the DDT, there was at least two grizzled vets that would not let that go. That you know, it's like oh, you did that and they got back up. That's bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I know. Like you can't do that. <laughs> uh, but then we get the second Mandela effect. Flair does his promo and he says mirror, mirror on the wall which is not what was said. That's a Mandela effect. It's 
magic mirror on the wall. Is yeah. Magic saying. mirror on the wall. But Ric Flair, now he's getting into Flair, Flair yeah. country. Mirror, mirror. On the wall, yeah. like, and so he goes into the hole. You got to beat the to beat the man. You got to beat the man. I had a question about yeah. the uh, before we got the promo started. Mister mm-hmm. Perfect said he's the man that rocks the cradle. Yeah. What does that? I Urban Dictionary. Yeah. And it has several meetings. Super good. I, I don't know. <laughs> okay, so by the way, speaking of something kind of similar to that, there was a there was a great thing on the most on Batramania four hundred, which <laughs> just came out. Okay, and it was it was a king line a month ago. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> fuck off. Um, Breaking break kayfabe. Uh, so, <laughs> we can spoil Star Wars right now through Beyond the Fat. Anyways, um, yeah, we can. We can talk about Star. It was weird when Darth Vader came back and had sex with Kylo Ren. <laughs> Listen, I jerked off. Anyways, um, so King is in there, and he Charlotte's in the match, and King says, "Oh yeah, her dad's looking down on her." And then, and then somebody goes. He's not dead, King. And then King goes, Yeah, but he's really condescending. <laughs> Good safe, bro. <laughs> it was so fucking funny. Yeah. So I does not need to be announcing anymore. Was the last promo taker, I believe? Or yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Percy Pringle. Yeah, well, Percy Pringle. Paul. Uh, and uh, I know this is, again, dated, but recently uh, Glenn Jacobs has been on the uh, tour promoting his book to sell, like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, about life and wrestling and <laughs> politics. And he talked about, like, how people gave the WWE some shit for using Paul Bearer after he died in an angle. And he's like... Yeah, CM Punk uses ashes. Yeah. Like, he's like, no, that's exactly what Percy would have wanted, man. Like, yeah. that's... He's like, that's how you go out in the wrestling world. Like, yeah, you go I, out... Of, like, just like Jim the Anvil Neidhart, you know, yeah. using him in an angle and stuff. Like, just... You you do it. Yeah. But yeah, they give a, a decent... It's a Paul Bearer promo. Like, yeah. they, like they all are. Like, he's got 29 caskets, yeah. you know, like... Which is actually... Which is actually, like, that's my favorite ever... Of those like pre-film Royal Royal Rumble promos, the fact that they made twenty nine caskets. Yeah, I know. Like getting He's... thrown over the top rope doesn't <laughs> kill you. I know. He's really raising the stakes here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and just imagine after that long match how how tired the Undertaker's gonna be. Them just like digging them holes. That adds another like dynamic to the relationship. Whereas like Paul Bear here is getting excited about his business opportunities, Undertaker has to be like fucking overtime. Twenty nine holes. For twenty nine souls, <laughs> and this fat fucking gonna help Which me? I think implies yeah. that the Undertaker believes that the soul goes in the hole. <laughs> I know, I know. There's so much wrong with Undertaker. Hey, it doesn't matter how the logistics work as long as it rhymes. <laughs> so now, twenty nine poles and twenty nine moles. <laughs> I like it. It works. <laughs> So now, guys, we have the uh, Royal Rumble match, the main event mm-hmm. this time here, and it starts so electrifyingly with Jack Tunney in the ring. Dude, I made that. No- Jack Tunney has no fucking personality. Oh no, yeah. Well, that was the bit. No, I think yeah. that's yeah, because it works. Because it makes everyone around him so much more fucking exciting. Mm-hmm. And he went on for so long. Mm-hmm. It's like get the fucking microphone away from him. Yeah. It, it, it's like it's like everyone hates him. Like the crowd does. Not like oh him. yeah, he got some awesome and, heel heat. And then Heenan is also hating on him, so it's like the heels hate him, the faces hate him. You know that that, that had to be like prototype.
type Mr. McMahon. Like, that's what it was. He had to be sitting back yeah. there like, watching that, and he's like, he's getting too much heat. Yeah. I can take this better. And I, I like it, just the, the timely reference here that it's the best. He says, uh, Heenan says, Jack Tenney's the best president since Noriega. Like, <laughs> so it's like, oh, yes, early 90s politics. <laughs> there was, a, during the Piper promo, he, he had a one like the, every time I fall down, just like our great president, George Bush, I oh, get right yeah. back up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, good. So... I don't know how we want to go through this. We can just kind of hit on some well, hi- yeah, yeah. highlights. So I've opener, got the try. I've got everybody in their order. The opening people are yeah, yeah. British Bulldog and the Million Dollar Man who comes out with uh, Sherry. This is going to be uh, a dead wrestler versus an alive wrestler who has a dead manager. Yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As, as Sherry got the uh, the I think it was Brain with the misogynistic remarks of when they zoomed in on her boobs <laughs> and he said, "Look at them." I dude, it's <laughs> I, here's the thing. Here's the thing that's so funny about Do you that. Get it? Because here's the thing that's so fucking funny about that is because you can actually kind of see Ted DiBiase in the frame. Yeah. So he's trying to play it off as like, look at them. But, but he's he really says it again. He was like, they're a great pair. I like, know. He like doubled down on it yeah. like five seconds later. Dude, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I actually so, kind of like that and spot. Wa- <laughs> and wasn't Million Dollar Man like a, isn't he like a super Christian? Like now. A, a that, not one? at the time. Okay. Like, no, not at the time. I said a good one. That, that's like that's why he became a, a Christian or like a born the, again. The era of his ways type. Yeah. yeah. He he was. There's a reason why he got out of. The there's a reason dead. why Jameson was smoking weed with Sherry, and you know, like, and like, yeah. yeah, they were they were all doing lots of crazy shit. Yeah. But it's a quick elimination. For what, yeah, I did really fucking like. I I I don't know why I appreciated it so much, but the way Ted DiBiase went over the top rope. Yeah, I watched it like four times. There was just like a real beauty to how he got eliminated. I don't know why. Um. But do you do you know why he was so quickly eliminated? Uh, I think he was on his way out. Okay, yeah. I think he was. I think this was kind of towards the end of the Million Dollar Man. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but he's quickly eliminated within like one minute and twenty seconds, which I always love in a Royal Rumble where there's just a guy in the ring waiting for someone. Hey, like, it was yeah. great when Stone Cold did it. Yeah, that's the only other time. Uh, so but then, he just sat on the ring and then as like watch, they do that twice in this match. Yeah, the guy, uh, they 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 do the classic like reboot. Mm-hmm. Like there's. It's a, yeah, they, we hit at one point nine people in the ring, and then it goes down very quickly to one person. Yeah, in the and ring. you do that a lot. Uh, that's your rest spot whenever you fill yeah. up the ring. That's so uh, Flair and Bulldog could hide in the corners and like yeah. you know we're going thirty plus here. Yeah. Now I, I will say this: we already know because of the stupid Coliseum home video version that Ric Flair is number three. We do, but in the live, no one knows that. And then we get the number three wrestler, and you've got a story about this. We, know, we can tell that story here in just a second about uh, why he's number three. Yeah. But uh, Ric Flair comes out number three, uh, and we get something that I, it, this had to be a mistake on Heenan, because mm-hmm. Flair comes out and Heenan just goes, damn it! Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this is like, they don't cuss on WWF yeah, yeah. Pro. And like, Heenan just said, damn it, when he yeah. saw Ric Flair. So I don't know if that was... No, no, but they, we do get that great shot of mm. of of the music hits and Flair opens the curtains and they do the roadie run up the ramp, which makes Flair look like a million bucks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's so good. So why Ethan is Flair number three okay. in, in this story? Where spoiler, he's going to win, and ideally you would think he'd be number one or two and yeah. break the whole time. But why is he number three? So, uh, Bobby Heenan pitched that Flair should come out number one because it would be much more yeah, dramatic. I heard this, yeah. And then Vince went, mm, I'm going to make him number three and then say it was my idea. 
That's literally it. Yeah, that's what the story I heard was because he's kind of known for going those 60-minute Iron Man mats in the yeah. NWA and everything. And they're like, well, now the WWE, we want to put over that mythos to yeah. you, to our to our audience. So we're going to have him make you go the long haul in there. And that's what was Bobby Heenan's idea. It's like, yes, yeah, so we're going to start him at one. We're going to show that he can do that Iron Man. And then Vince like saying, like, that's fucking dumb. <laughs> like coming back, like, make him third, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's so, my that's, idea. It's two minutes less. Right. And then, and then, um, uh, fucking Monsoon, as Flair is walking to the ring, says that nobody has ever won from the first five spots. Yeah. When in actuality, nobody has won from the first twelve spots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you want to make it more impressive, I always love like how they play with the numbers and the stats like that. They have a, a similar one where mm-hmm. they uh, like they'll play like the you know so many people have won from number two or mm-hmm. so many people have num- won from number one. It's like. One and two are the exact same thing. Oh, they yeah. are, they like, are, yeah. <laughs> oh, my, my favorite Rumble spot ever, and it happens every fucking time, yeah. is only two men have won from number one. One was Shawn Michaels. <laughs> yeah. And the other was fucking Chris Benoit. <laughs> yeah. And they never finished yeah. that fact. Ever So, yeah. Next we get uh, Jerry Sag. Or Jerry Sag. Or, Skags, yes, yes, and this is Hart's third uh, thing. He's working overtime, yeah. and he crush it, never loses his enthusiasm. Yeah. Uh, he comes out. He's going to be a quick out here, uh, followed by Haku, the shooter, who does a brutal looking pile driver on the bulldog. Yes, it's fucking, which is just fucking uncalled for for oh. pile drivers in a rumble. Oh yeah, I know. Like, why there's are you no doing reason this? to like, be doing okay. finishers and dangerous finishers in yeah and yeah. battle royales. Yeah. yeah, here's where we start. Getting something that I noticed is that Flair takes the same bump for every person that comes into this match. It is chop, Irish whip into the ropes, bounce off the rope, or Irish whip into the corner, bounce out of the corner, back body drop. Yeah. He does it, I'm not bullshitting, seven yeah. times. Yeah, in this and he, match. he also takes a lot of like, uh, Gorilla press slams. Yeah, he takes like four of those. Yeah. I noticed uh, there was a bulldog uh, power press slam, uh, which I have multiple notes, but he pulls his hair on the first one. Like yeah. instead of it, you're supposed to kind of plant on the back or yeah. the stomach for uh, that press right there because you're kind of doing the work. You're yeah. doing the push up. Uh, but no, he straight up grabs his dreadlock, little, his little braids, and pulls himself up with it like that. Yeah. And Jesus. also, Bulldog was throwing around those power press slams for like his 20 plus minutes. Which is the dumbest thing ever because you have all the power while they're up there. Why are you letting them come back down inside the just ropes? Throw them. <laughs> yeah, just take a step there, before you do there, it, bro. There are some psychology <laughs> problems here because there is. Un- I love a battle royal, by the way. That was uh, where I made my uh, debut in an over-the-top battle royal. Nice. Thirty seconds. It was. I was still in training, and they needed an extra person to fill up the thing. There, this is going to be a problem throughout this match, though. Is that? Unlike, yes, I know every in a Royal Rumble, it's every man for himself, yeah. but there's always usually some teaming up. Yeah. But here, it's like it lasts for like two seconds yeah, every yeah. time, and it makes no sense because psycho- psycho- psychologically, if you are if if Flair's already turned on you, mm. why are you going over to save him after he's already turned on yeah. you? And that's a problem throughout. But after Haku, we get Shawn Michaels, uh, mm-hmm. who's doing a good job so far. The only dead wrestler we've had is Sherry as a, outside, so we got a good run going. A British Bulldog. Oh, yeah, British Bulldog is dead. Yeah, I forgot that. Um, but uh, Sean's got some good stuff here. 
Uh, I do like at one point in the match where he gets hit and something, and he just like starts swinging at the air like he's. Yeah, like, I saw that like, too. Like, it was when he was wandering off. Uh, like it was off camera, but like everybody yeah. in the corner is doing the old punch battle royal thing, yeah. and he just wanders through the center of the ring punching air. I, I, I'm just <laughs> believing in this match. This is like Sean watching Flair when he does. You know, Flair will several oh. times do his classic like Flair walk flop. out, fr- walk out from the turnbuckle, Flair bump, yeah, Flair flop, yeah. and like this is where Shawn Michaels is learning how to oversell. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I really like their work together uh, in the ring. And so much like, yeah. like I said, been in a, several battle royals and over-the-top battle royals, and it is chaos, and you just kind of find a body and go to a corner and do some punches or go yeah. to the middle and do some suplexes. Oh, yeah. uh, but I really like the, the Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. You could tell like there was some eagerness like in Shawn's yeah. eyes. Like, I really want to work with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like it's like uh, Miz, anytime somebody who's like a classic wrestler comes in, he's like, I want to take their finish. And he always does. Yeah. Like Mysterio comes in, he's like, "I'm taking a six one nine. Like yeah. it always happens. So let's do this since we're since we need to get rolling on this a little bit. I'm just gonna like tell you the next entrance. You give me any thoughts you have Go. from this point. Uh, my thoughts on this next one: Tito Santana comes in. Who the fuck cares? Fuck Tito Santana. Oh, it's, it's the uh, old legacy spot. Yeah. Greatest king of the ring ever. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, uh, not Jerry the King Lawler. Heenan calls him a flying jalapeno. So some good old uh, Mexican racism. Sticking here. with it. Uh, the Barbarian is next. Uh, mm-hmm. Still wrestling today, uh, along with the Warlord, apparently. Right. So, uh, you saw the... We'll get to the Warlord later. Yeah, we'll get to the Warlord later. <laughs> uh, any thoughts on those guys? Nope. 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 Not at uh, all. Okay, so Texas Tornado is next. Oh, Carrie Von Eric. Carrie Von Eric. The, the prototype warrior. Yeah, the prototype. I remember as a kid, like I initially marked out for Ultimate Warrior, but then when Carrie Von Eric showed up, I was like... I've already seen this guy. I don't want to see this again. This is dumb. And yeah, he'll be dead 13 months from now. Yes, he's going to die 13 months from now. So take that. The Freebirds won that one. And uh, (laughs) this is an overused joke, but uh, technically not eliminated from this match as he only only has one foot. foot. Yeah. That's an overused joke, but we would not be doing our diligence if we didn't say it here. Uh, the Repo Man is up next. And he is not over with the crowd. (laughs) Nope. Not over with the crowd. Like I said, it's, it's. an awful, awful gimmick and great execution. He's sneaking yeah. up behind all the legends. Like even whenever it's, he's, these battle royals are such an opportunity to just sit in the corner and like, oh yeah, you got me. Like he never lets down at all. Yeah. Like this is his Rudy moment. Yeah. Like he's going 110, mm-hmm. and everybody else is like, okay, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, Greg the Hammer Valentine, and yep. I didn't. Uh, I was like huge pop from the crowd for the Hammer here. He's it like his. Yeah, post WrestleManias, uh, like WrestleMania one and two, like he was, you know, yeah, of I, the upper of the mid card. There, I always just kind of knew him as a weird fucking looking guy. He's so weird looking, and he's he goes, so he goes looking. right after Flair, which I think is just a hearkening back to the NWA days yep. when yeah. they were when they were feuding there. Um, this is, I think, where we get the first Flair flop. Here is yes. after Greg the Hammer Valentine gets him in the corner, uh, and then next that we're gonna hit peak the most men in the match throughout the day. Is when uh, Weird. the recently deceased Nikolai Volkov comes out, yeah. and uh, this is in 1992, yeah. and I believe Heenan makes a comment like, "Well, he's having some bad times, like those people over there in Russia or something yeah. like that," which Russia Oof. was struggling with this. But uh, Volkov is going to be a very quick out, but we get nine wrestlers. Yeah. This is the maximum that we will have in the ring at any mm-hmm. time. Uh, 
I think it was the the elimination of Davy Boy after because he wins that Iron Man uh, award because there's an Iron yeah. Man every Royal Rumble. Yeah. This one was Davy Boy going twenty plus, mm-hmm. which yeah. is remember that's like small potatoes now. Like now it's you got to go forty. Yeah. Uh, but they, then as soon as Davy gets eliminated, it's that's when they clear the ring. Back they to clear the, the ring. Yeah. yeah this well, is, it's it's Big Boss Man comes in that they really start clearing the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, Volkov gets eliminated really quick. Mm-hmm. That takes it down to eight. And then we get the boss man it's in. It's headliners from here on out. Yeah, pretty much. In like, pretty much. Like, it's headliners and like three people I don't, the, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, and wherever you land on Colonel Mustafa. So big boss man comes in, still rocking that rebel flag on his sleeve here. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's super just, into it's, that. Yeah. It's just the Georgia state flag at this point. So. Yeah. Uh, not much uh, there with him. He, Hacksaw's a rumble staple came in uh, like two or three later. Yeah, we got Hercules up next, uh, the roided out man himself. Then we get uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who's yeah. going to have... Well, well hold, on, hold, on, hold on, hold on. What? Fucking, uh, everybody gets eliminated. Then it's just Boss Man and Flair. Yeah. And then Boss Man does an inside crescent kick <laughs> out of nowhere. <laughs> And He's you're got like, a flex, man. You're yeah. like, what the fuck? <laughs> then Bossman eliminates himself with no help from Flair. Something I want to stress very much. <laughs> Flair does not touch him. Flair does not no touch him. No low bridge. Him. Does yeah. not low bridge. Bossman and Bossman like throats himself on the low bottom rope. All right. Is that very dangerous. Uh, <laughs> now <laughs> that's I, what knocked out Enzo Amore. That's a yeah the. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there's the I, I don't know what the official we call it the the getting in the hard way. Uh, yeah. Whenever you go like from outside to inside, and like someone you throws you yourself. in. Yeah, uh, it, I'm like nine for nine times that people did that to me. I always hit my throat on the bottom oh. rope because I just have that like perfect height of like once I get over, I land with my throat right That's hitting rough, that bottom man. rope. It's yeah. fucking vicious. Um, so then. It's only Flair in the ring. Yep. And then Piper comes out. Piper in. comes out, yeah. And we get uh, an epic, like, oh, two Oh, yeah, plus... I remembered that. I thought that was a great balance because uh, it's like, fuck, Piper's, or Flair's been in here 20 plus minutes. Anybody that can come in should be able to beat him. Yeah. But they do the psychology of, no, it's Piper. He already had a match earlier. Yeah. So that there, it's yeah. kind of even a little bit. And, and, then, and then Piper applies a sleeper hold on Flair here. <laughs> And Jake the Snake comes out, and I love this part mm-hmm. where Jake the Snake does like the right thing, where he just comes in and for a little while he's just like, Go ahead. Sits, he in sits in the corner, in the corner. and he's just yeah, like, yeah. He's like well, "Do I it." Did, Flair did, or Piper did something that I've never fucking seen before, and yep. I haven't seen since. He just no sells the Manhattan Drop, like like <laughs> fucking Flair goes, does the Manhattan Drop, and Piper just lands on his tippy toes, and like so he's nuts. Don't hit Flair's knee, and then just goes. And pokes him in the, right eyes. In the eye. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's still fighting heel, even though he's in a super. Oh yeah, here. yeah. Uh, Jake the Snake comes out, but he does quickly turn on. Um, and here's where we get my Heenan call that yeah. I'm very happy yeah. that I really liked. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> this is better than look at those. Yeah, no, it's very good. It's very good. So, so I, I, it's maybe not good, but it didn't make me pop. It did pop yeah. me. So Jake gets pipe or gets flare in the position for the DDT, and Heenan starts. Losing it, he's like, yeah. no, 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 Piper, help him, Piper, please help him, and then Piper like stops the DDT, which makes no sense. It would make no sense, yeah. and then Piper, and then Heenan goes, oh, thank you. It's not a skirt, it's a kilt. God damn it, it's not a skirt, it's a kilt. It's a kilt, damn it. Yeah. And then, and then, like two seconds later, Piper hits Flair, and he goes, it's a skirt, you son of a bitch. Like, I popped so hard. Uh, Hacksaw comes in next, uh, going 
fucking nuts. He's just, a rumble staple. Yeah, uh, like, looking, any kind of battle looking like yeah. swollen Roddy Piper. Yeah, because they're wearing yeah, the same I, gear I, I, and they have the same, same at, color hair. At one point, I saw the blue trunks and I was just like. You guys should, and also flare and black trunks freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Like I don't like it. Just, yeah. It's not what I I like. Classic flare trunks are the green, mm-hmm. right? That's like the it's green or red with gold. Yeah, yeah. But the black trunks were very weird. But hacksaw comes out, and uh, then after hacksaw, we're going to get a guy who's going to have a long run mm-hmm. uh, here, which is Mike Rotunda, aka IRS. Comes yeah. out. Bo next. Dallas is dead. Bo Dallas is and dead. Bray Riots. Yeah, I was yeah. saying like his, his other Dallas. son, yeah. the fiend. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, then followed by that, Jimmy Superfly Snuka, who can murder, just, murder, oh, yeah, murder. That's what I was saying. This is the tenth anniversary of his, yeah. of the, his murder. Now, He's out here now. I was like, one thing I noticed: uh, Snuka's wearing boots here. Yeah, like he doesn't nor he didn't normally wear boots. Did no, he? he did not. And, well, we're in that rumble. People are yeah. That's on that's what I figured. That's what it was. <laughs> but yeah, fuck Jimmy Snuka and Tamina sucks too. Yeah, <laughs> so, oh gosh, so bad. Then. Uh, I guess there was an angle where Hulk Hogan and uh, The Undertaker, because of this stuff with their title, yeah. They, yeah. they're getting preferential treatment. Yeah, they in get the only number. draw between 20, 20 and 30. And yeah. The Undertaker uh, gets number 20. Which means he's super unlucky. Yeah, and they get <laughs> he, they have him eliminate Snooker, which I think is a nice little throwback to Taker's the first WrestleMania first Mania, opponent, yeah. opponent there. Jimmy Snooker never won a pay-per-view match, ever, Good. in his entire career. Then we get... Uh, like uh, we had three dead wrestlers in a row: Snuka, Snuka, The Undertaker, and Macho Man. Because The Undertaker's a dead man. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 here's, here's, I want to tell you exactly the thought process in my brain. Taker's not you, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like that. Well, they call that the Cunningham effect. Like, if you want the quickest response, say something incorrect. Yeah, and that's like so. We all bit that first, yeah, like, and then we're like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but even before you said dead man, I was like, I know this is going. <laughs> but Macho Man is up next, yes. and he enters like a fucking madman. <laughs> and and if you watch super close, if yeah. you watch super close. You see Jake sneak out of the oh, ring. Yeah, he goes and underneath. hide and hide. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's such good. Oh, it's such good psychology. So we get a epic botch because of Macho Man. Macho yes. Man is not uh, not the best improver. That's kind of so, what he was always known for is like he would write down 10 pages for a, a five minute match. So he is brawling yeah. with Jake the Snake and Jake goes out of the ring. And, he eliminates Jake. Yeah. And then Macho Man jumps over the top rope. Effectively eliminating himself. Yes, and this is why I stressed. Yeah, boss man got eliminated without any help from Flair because the way that they cover for him is they go, "Well, you have to be thrown out by someone yeah. to be eliminated." Now, do you know what established the thing that you can eliminate yourself? No. So it was established at the '89 Rumble mm-hmm. when. Andre the Giant left the ring because of Jake the Snake's snake. Snake, yes. Like that is what established the thing that you. That's if, a if very, you, very good spot. If you don't, if you don't get thrown out, but you leave on your own volition, you still are eliminated. Yeah. And here they do have to cover him, and they make that rule, which is never going to be followed again, much to my knowledge. Unless yeah, no, another... it's never followed again ever. It is absolutely a botch. Now you said superstars, and this is one of the reasons why I laughed because next up at twenty two, husk. The Berserker. Berserker. But here's the thing. Berserker should be the favorite in this match because Berserker's gimmick was he would throw people out of the ring and win by countout in normal matches. That was oh, his legitimate yeah. You gimmick. can't put him in the match and not address that. Yeah. I know. Like, he absolutely <laughs> yeah. should be the favorite. I, I remember the Berserker as a kid, and, like, it was always just a joke to me that his whole gimmick was, like, 
staring at his hand and yelling husk. Do you remember <laughs> when he le- tried to stab the Undertaker? No, I don't. Oh my god. So the Undertaker's laying on the ground and Berserker grabs a literal sword, like an actual sword, and goes to stab the Undertaker. And the Undertaker rolls out of the way and it goes through the <laughs> ring. Damn. Yeah. Uh, next up, I, I turned away for a second and I looked up and I saw some... Uh, just absolutely amazing looking tights. And it was Virgil. Virgil! <laughs> Virgil wearing his candy. Train st- Jones. Yeah. Uh, and boy, God bless you, Virgil. But I'd never want to see another mic in your hand on AEW. Because no, that you was suck. garbage. <laughs> Apparently, you got a huge dick. But anyway, yeah, go good for him. Uh, then you get the guy that you had to look up, which is Colonel Mustafa, who Colonel is Mustafa. just. And who played. Uh, Amand? Colonel Amand? General Adnan. General Adnan, yeah. yeah. Who is. I don't know. Yeah, so he, because I think I he was literally they, just brought in for that gimmick. Whenever I knew nothing about the Mustafa, I knew that the, the pairing of the Sergeant Slaughter and all well, that. But it, when they said, you know, Colonel Mustafa, I thought like, oh, he's the guy behind Iron Sheik. And yeah. then Iron Sheik got in the ring. He even has the shoes on. And I'm like, yeah. what? Is that, why are they calling him Colonel Mustafa? Like, this is like one of your greatest champions of all times. Yeah. Less than ten years ago. Yeah. And you like, could you imagine like rebranding well, someone from? That'd be like 2010. Yeah. You know. Well, that'd be like like Stone Cold coming out, and you're being like, oh, here's Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> So here's a here's Re- rebranding a champion from 2010. Fun fact, it's so crazy. Yeah. Fun fact, uh, General Adnan <clears throat> is portrayed by Adnan Al Qasi, uh-huh. who is actually from Iraq. Uh-huh. So, uh, but couple fun facts here. Uh, well, he here's wants, the problem. He here's wants, the problem. Well, they're playing Iranians. No, they're not. Oh wait, no, no, no. They're, they're Iraqi playing, sympathizers. They're playing, yeah, they're Iraqi right, sympathizers. Right. Uh, here is the thing. Uh, he once played. He once portrayed a wrestler called Billy White Wolf, which I guarantee you was a Native American. Oh yeah. oh yeah, and and God damn it, his alma mater is Oklahoma State University. What? Oh, so he was like a he's legit a real wrestler. wrestler. Yeah, yeah he's a real saying. wrestler. Because in uh, in that uh, region, like wrestling is like super huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. The, the sheik was like wasn't a fucking he, nuts yeah. one. He was like a coach at one point, I believe, for like Minnesota State or something. But yeah. anyways, what I was gonna say was Heenan as Sheik. Or Colonel or General Colonel Mustafa yeah. is from walking to the ring. Um, says, uh, the next entrance will be out by the time he gets down to the ring. And uh, which is <laughs> exactly what Heenan says when they do the gimmick battle royal at WrestleMania uh-huh. 17. He does the exact same joke <laughs> at the 17 Royal Rumble where Sheik comes out. Cause this time it's because they're doing this like weird walk, but in at Mania 17 it's because Sheik can't walk, yeah, like at all. You're like, ooh, 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 Sheik, no. So our next wrestler out is Rick Martel, who is the current record holder, and there is a little bit of psycholo- psychology here where he immediately goes after Flair, yeah, because he knows that Flair record. is about to beat his record. Yeah, and yeah. I, I like that little touch they Flair's did. Flair's like five minutes away. Uh, the, he's twenty five, and so yeah, so just yeah, what been that twenty six uh, is a uh, is it a little known wrestler? Uh, yeah. Well, well, first of all, I do gotta say at one point here where everybody's brawling, Hacksaw just starts chanting in the middle of the ring. Of course, which yeah. Is like, Okay, fuck up. Yeah. Good job, Hacksaw. But isn't 26 like a little known wrestler? T- 26 nobody, is a like really is a multi-millionaire wrestler who uh, No, he's a little known. He's a little known indie guy. You know him. He's a, he's an indie darling. He's an indie darling. Uh, ho- uh Hulk Hoga? Hulk Hulk <laughs> I think he wrestles on the indies as Tare Bolai. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, no. I know him as Rip. <laughs> yeah, as Rip. As Rip. 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 
Yeah, we just got we, we reviewed No Holds Barred last week. If you guys what was it? Rip it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we get Hulk Hogan. Watch that smell. Who, man, fuck you, Hogan. You do the worst clothesline to eliminate the taker here. It's, it's just like you, Hogan. Oh, at one point, Flair low blows Taker. Yeah. Why? Yeah. What? How is Taker supposed to sell it? Yeah. Yeah, he's dead, man. He got no. He got no dick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then another one of these superstars follows Hogan, and that's Skinner. Skinner, who's uh, yeah, Skinner is um. <laughs> The alligator man yeah. is what they call him. Yeah, this was such a gimmick that I didn't understand at all. Yeah. So Skinner played Crocodile Dundee, baby. No, I think that Skinner. Yeah, I think it is in that era where there's a somewhat of a fascination with that. Skinner also played Doink at one point. I saw that he was a former Doink. Former yeah, Doink, and, and then uh, did some training with him. And yeah. I, I there's a great moment because he was he was mirror Doink. Yeah, he was at Mania Nine when they did the mirror doink spot. We covered that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's mirror doink. I think I can't remember what they say his style is, but it's like this unorthodox, like stalking style. They say or something like that. Yeah. Like that's his like kind of gimmick or whatever. But mm-hmm. he was uh, just very out of place. And he, like was we were heavy hitter after heavy hitter, and then yeah, yeah. This well, guy. I mean, and then then we get Sergeant Slaughter, who is now a face again after his Sergeant Slaughter. And I would always, and I just said my comment on this is. When you think about it, his ring gear is fucking absurd. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a sing- black singlet with a camo thing under it, but that white belt he has on it, yeah. I'm just like... I've always been fascinated with his yeah, gimmick, like, his, his gear. Just yeah. insane. I love when you're like, oh, his ring gimmick, his, his ring attire is weird, and you're like, what's wrong with his face? Yeah. <laughs> I remember, <laughs> speaking of wrestle, wrestling lore of like things like that, uh, when I was a kid, the rumor going around that that was China's dad, oh, because they had the similar the jaw. Nose, yeah. Yeah. Then we get 29... What people are gonna probably think is the favorite now is Sid Justice coming out. Guy's getting a push at this moment. Yeah. Uh, and does a kip up. Oh yeah, he does a kip up. Now I will say this: like I don't know if you guys caught it, but his elimination of Sergeant Slaughter is fucking brutal. Like he whips Sergeant Slaughter across the ring, and Sergeant Slaughter's elimination is him basically doing a suicide dive over the top turnbuckle out of the ring. Oh yeah, like you just all of a sudden see Sergeant Slaughter flying over the top. Like this is not like dumping him over. He is like (laughs) legit. Like he was on like a catapult out of that thing, and I'm just like. Oh no, is Sergeant Slaughter dead out there somewhere? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so, and then this is why it sucks that they introduce everybody because you're number 30. And then this is when the announcers go, Well, that means that number 30 has to be the Warlord. And Heenan tries to play it off. He says, Well, you never know. It's a Royal Rumble. It's like, Nope, here's the Warlord. What's... He did not last long at all. No. I, think, uh, uh, I, I had the little. Wikipedia tracker on the side. I think he was just a minute and change. Yeah, he's he? a minute and change. He he's coming out with the best manager ever, Slick, and uh, <laughs> Ethan hates Slick. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Slick's great, uh, but he's eliminated pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then this all boils down. So we get down to the my... final six, which is yeah. one of the greatest final yeah. sixes ever. Yeah. Uh, now works as a bodyguard. Uh, I guess he's unemployed now because uh, his previous clients were Fifty Cent and then Kimbo Slice. Oh, who was this? Uh, Warlord. Yeah, but I think he's still wrestling too. Though. Yeah, he still does yeah. some indie work. But the problem is, uh, he had multiple vehicle accidents. Uh, like if you Google him, it's uh, uh, he's not that uh, not in that shape anymore. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, when, from what I saw, it looks like he and the Barbarian do some stuff together. Yeah, mm-hmm. like because uh, they were a tag team at one point. Yeah, uh, they were called the Warlords, I believe. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, 
But yeah, we get so the final six. Who are our final six? Final six yeah. are Roddy Piper, Rick Martel, Macho Man Randy Savage, Rick Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Sid Justice. Yeah, it's a it's a very very who's yeah. who. Who's who <clears throat> of people? So then uh who is it? Roddy Piper and Martel get eliminated yeah. Yeah. together. Because I know Macho Man finishes fourth. Yeah. Uh, then Flair eliminates Mach. Yeah. Like, it, here's the thing. It's like, all right, final six, fucking bring it yeah. home. It's real quick. Yeah, they must. Yeah, they really took it home quick. Like, and it went at four. It was six, four. Then the, the last, like, three were, you Within, know, like, yeah. two minutes of each yeah. other. So we get that elimination. We're down to the three. Three. Sid Justice, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Yeah. And I hate this so much. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so how do you hate cunt Hogan? It's just, it, and we did this. It's, it's funny that you brought me back for this episode. It's like, can yeah. Hogan just let anyone else win on their no. own merit? Like, yeah. he robbed Bret Hart from the um, WrestleMania 9, and now we hear, and it's, yeah, it's, and Ric Flair, like, earned this so much, yeah. you know, with that going 60 plus minutes in there, like, and actually working, not just hiding out, you know, not doing the, not doing so the road let, dog. So, CM Punk, like, hiding under the turnbuckle and laying down, like, the man was always going. Let, let's, uh, he earned this so much. Let's explain what happens here. Basically, uh, they're, Scuffling in the ring, and then Sid Justice. Hogan thinks that Justice is going to help him eliminate Flair mm. because Sid's there to do what's right and things like that. And he thinks that Sid should help him get the title because Hogan is the rightful title holder, basically. Yeah. But instead, Sid eliminates Hogan. Mm-hmm. And then there's a little moment where they kind of jaw jack with well, each other. Well, Sid says, It's every man for himself, big boy. Like, if you look at it and read his lips, he goes, he like points at him, go, Hogan's like, What did you do? And Sid just goes, It's every man for himself, big boy. And then Flair comes over and almost botches the elimination. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Then Sid tries to walk away. Yeah. And Hogan, Hogan grabs Sid's yeah. arm. He's Heel-ish. doing all the yeah. heel moves. Yeah, he's being a heel. He's here. trying to pull Sid he, out. He's expecting the championship. He's expecting the assistance. And yeah. then Flair comes up behind him. And he almost botches them. Almost does Cause, almost Because you notice Hogan very quickly moves and helps pull Sid over yeah. at that point. Like but you get, ch- that's a heel move too. Why well, are you I, well he's trying to save the spot at that yeah. point. Yeah. Like he because he sees that Sid's caught up on the the I guess would be his left side. Yeah. And so Hogan kind of like pulls off like what's catching, uh, holding Sid up there. And then, and then this is Flair where. Flair wins. And then this Flair is where wins. we get Bobby Heenan losing his mind. Yeah. Just, yes, 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 yes. I told you. Yes, yes. It's so good. Yeah. So this is where you go, what you guys were talking about. Mm-hmm. Ric Flair has now spent 60 plus minutes in the ring. Yeah. I have a real problem with this. He's won the title. Mm-hmm. And but- then. He just he just goes up the ramp. He doesn't get to get the title in the they, in yeah. The they ring. make well, Jack Tunney Hulk Hogan chases him out. Yeah, because yeah, and then that, just because it was all about Hulk Hulk Hogan has to. St- I think they play his music last. Like it made no sense for yeah. them to have the standoff with Sid uh, in the ring to set up the G- general th- general comment about Rumbles. Though Rumbles are so much better now that you have like the entrance music playing for every person that comes out. Yeah, like we would have never gotten that AJ Styles. Pop like when yeah. he debuted, if like you didn't have the big screen up there and oh. saying, and all that. But we do get Hogan and them preening in the uh, in the ring, and it's like the, they're setting up here for a match between Hogan and yeah. Sid Sid yeah. Justice. Now right? we do get, and they did uh, also. Uh, I don't know if we talked about this, but with the multiple audios yeah. uh, on there in the original, uh, it was booed whenever. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, but, in the original, Hogan eliminating gets cheers. Yeah, he, that's then, it. Yeah, the Hogan then, got cheered uh, when they eliminated. And they're like, we can't have that. So it's like it was. It's kind of good to know. Like, oh, we had some smart marks back then. Yeah. You know? Well, I think people were just sick and tired of Hogan, yeah. and that's why Ric Flair offered hope to them, and yeah. people legitimately liked that he was getting this like rub on like the big yeah. show, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and. So they do all the stuff in the ring, and then we go backstage, and this and is, we get one of the best. Flair yeah, so let's uh, let's go ahead and get it going here. The New World Wrestling Federation champion as the press watches on at this time to present the title belt to the new champion, our president, the distinguished Jack Tunney. Congratulations, Ric Flair, on becoming the undisputed champion of the World Wrestling Federation. Let me just say, after Vera distorting the belt. They're proclaiming the real world champion. I'm going to tell you all with a tear in my eye. This is the greatest moment in my life. When you walk around this world and you tell everybody you're number one, the only way you get to stay number one is to be number one. And this is the only title in the wrestling world that makes you number one. When you are the king of the WWE, you rule the world. Think about it like that, Mr. Perfect. Guys, the we're not the Woo! 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 Let's give a big one. Woo! Woo! I was never so impressed with anything I've ever seen in all my life. He went out there for over 60 minutes, never took a back step, took it to Hogan, took it to The Undertaker, took it to whoever got in that ring. That's why he is, hey, Bobby, call now, the real world's heavyweight champion. We're not the kind of guys to say, we told you so, but we told you so. <laughs> okay, very good. Rick Flair, you have made world... Put that cigarette out. What was the... It's the greatest moment of my life. I want to jump. I want to party. But I got to tell you like this. For the Hulk Hogan's and the Macho Man's and the Pipers and the Sids. Now it's Ric Flair. And y'all pay homage to the man. Woo! <laughs> so we get peak Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And I might have to go back in and find a, a slightly better version of that to put in later. Mm-hmm. But at some point, so let's say at some point, Mean Gene tells a guy to put that cigarette out. <laughs> like, what was I think someone was just actually smoking back there mm-hmm. and he didn't want it to happen. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. like that moment where Ric Flair goes with a tear in my eye. Like, it's just so classic uh, Ric Flair moment here. Just going crazy. In the backstage area, getting and but that that should have been in the yeah, ring. And that's man. really bothered like, me. That's, yeah. That should have been in the ring. I wonder how many moments of the Hogan era we were robbed of because of the moments like that. You know, I you know probably quite a few. I mean, certainly, it's just he's not, it's just. It's step aside. It's not a. It's not. Like, it's, it's not the whole Hogan not the show. Hulk it's wrestling. Hogan show. And the greatest right. thing about wrestling is that it is a variety show. Just like you know, uh, my two probably favorite things are uh, you know to watch are, you know wrestling and like Saturday Night Live. And the reason why I love those two things is because they're like long variety shows. Yeah. And you have to have different things. Like no matter how much I love Weekend Update, mm-hmm. the whole show can't be Weekend Update. Yeah. It's just like when you go to the fair and the circus, everybody can't be the guy getting shot out of the cannon. You got to have the other stuff to make that stuff cool. Yeah. You know? So I think uh, we, we may have talked about this on the show before, but one of the things about uh, AEW is that since they only have quarterly pay-per-views, 
like week to week, you get lots of different matches. Yeah. You get like different guys facing different ones where people are used to like that WWE style now where, and the reason why they cut out, this is a, that was a WWE video. So they can't say WWF. Right. But, uh, but since they're doing quarterly pay-per-views, you can have these different random matches, which reminds me somewhat of these days. Cause I, you didn't see the big guys every week, right? Yeah. You, they weren't out there every week. You didn't get, all right, we're going to do five matches between uh, Andrade and Umberto Carrillo, like just drive them into the ground. We're just going to have different opponents. But yeah, I think we missed that's out a, on a lot of moments because yeah. of Hogan though. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that, that's uh, two like main problems are like the Hogan era. And like right now at the pay-per-views every month, especially when it becomes formulaic uh, mm-hmm. kind of like it is now, it's like, Oh, the, the, you know, the week after a pay-per-view, like someone's going to get attacked or called out in the ring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to have different like gimmick matches building mm-hmm. up for four weeks. And because we know the pay-per-views coming and like in the gimmick pay-per-views also, like we know it was going to be TLC or hell in the cell. Mm-hmm. It should be, those should be created moments of like, yeah. there's a reason for it. Not because it's just December, mm-hmm. you know, it should be earned, you know? Yeah. Well, Ethan, you got any closing comments? We got to get out of here pretty nope. quickly. We've thank you guys for listening. Uh, we're not going to go yet. We got some picks and plugs. We got picks and plugs. Fuck that shit. Uh, we got <laughs> uh, we got some. Uh, uh, you know, uh, wait. What you got? You got anything? When's this coming oh. out? What day? Uh, this will be January twentieth. <laughs> January twentieth. We'll come out to the Looney Bin on New Year's Eve. I'll be hosting. <laughs> Uh, yeah, January 15th, <laughs> I'll be performing at the Living Arts. Uh, well, I can, Tulsa. Yeah, yeah, so, okay, so none of that. So what are you guys doing in February? <laughs> lonely I, I on... I book the hope and I'm alive. Being lonely on, th- lonely on Thanksgiving. Might lonely get a on cat. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, anyways, you can see Ethan and Wade around town. You can see Wade. Uh, we'll be at the Paris Tower Comedy Festival if you're coming. Yeah, know. maybe. Yeah. yeah, and we can see them at Talk Show Incorporated uh, Thursday yeah. nights yeah. Uh, yeah. in Real Roast in Tulsa, Oklahoma. You can catch me on my other podcast, Getting Greasy. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and uh, this will be. Uh, let me ask you guys this though, just before we go. Uh, I know Ethan, you said before the show that you've just seen this one so much it had kind of lost some of the excitement for you. Yeah. But th- this is a pretty good pay per view no, 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 all, yeah. all, I mean, all a, together. Yeah. So there was a, a, a there's like two matches where I'm like, get the fuck out. Yeah. From the Bushwhacker butt bite to like uh, the number ten entrant of the Royal Rumble, I didn't like. Everything yeah. else was great. <laughs> and 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 I will say to me, this pay per view represents like what we're getting to, which is a bridge between generations. Mm-hmm. Like this is kind of like the last, I think they called this era the new generation. Well, no, new generation starts at mania nine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because that's, of the steroid the scandal. Yeah. 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 But this is like that last, like this all is right. the last gasp of Hogan of Hogan in the eighties, basically coming, yeah. coming to a close here. Well, thank you guys for listening. We'll be back next week to do something else. I don't know. We might do the NWO next week because they are going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Thank you guys again. Check us out on social media.